0: They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
1: howdy do y'all. Welcome back to Victory Drive. Uh, this episode, we had on Dustin Smith. And Dustin and I first started talking when he messaged me on Instagram, saying that he loved the podcast, listened to it, um, since if we first... Started doing episodes, and um, funny little story is that he was actually part of the unit that replaced my unit in Afghanistan. So while we started messaging each other back and forth a little bit about that and kind of getting to know each other um, just through Instagram and whatnot, um, decided to have him on the podcast. I'm like, well, that'd be a hell of a cool story to have him on, a guy that replaced uh, um, my unit in Afghanistan, and started talking with him a little bit. And uh turns out he's he's got a tremendous, tremendous story. Uh, he's also did, he's done a whole bunch, pretty much everything you can think of in the Army, especially as a National Guard guy. And he started in the Arkansas National Guard, and then he jumped over and moved to Oklahoma. And he was part of the Oklahoma National Guard when they— and that's the unit that replaced us. And uh, when he got back home, he— Decided to join the police force. He's a state police guy for a while, went a SWAT team, and then did that for about a year or so, then jumped over and now he's an Arkansas game warden. So really interesting story there. Uh is just I think that guy has just got a he's got a passion for punishment, I think. So he's done all the all the hard schools in the army, being a sniper and air assault school and all sorts of other shit and He's just a really cool guy. Really love listening listening to him talk and tell his side of the story um, while we're over in Afghanistan. And just everything else he's accomplished in his life is pretty amazing. So um, love talking to that guy. And um, also, I guess we also need to give pay homage to our title sponsor, Grizzly Coolers. Uh, they've been a great sponsor, great, great. Just a great group of guys to work with over at Grizzly Coolers. They make all American-made hard side coolers. They're made right here, uh, real close, to t- real close to home here in uh, Decorah, Iowa, and they make some of the best coolers and drinkware on the market. I mean, it's top-notch stuff, and love love working with them. They just just got a bunch of stuff from them actually not too long ago, and I've been using the shit out of their... They're a uh, Grizzly, oh, what the hell is it called? Let me look it up real quick. The Grizzly Grip Bottle. It's a we got, I got a 64-ounce Grizzly Grip Bottle, and that thing is awesome. I've been using that at work every day. And, man, it keeps, I mean, while I'm out there working outside, it's keeping all my, my water nice and cold, and it's just a, it's huge. It's a big-ass 64-ounce bottle, and it's really, really great on the job site but they also have um all sorts of other cool uh drinkware, you know, like a grizzly camp cup which is basically uh like a coffee a little coffee cup deal and has a handle on it and honestly one overlooked thing about grizzly drinkware is they have these finger grooves made into the into the cups and that's a kind of awesome. Never really realized how much how awesome that would be until you start using them, you're like, man, that, those little grooves for your fingers to hold on to are pretty damn awesome. So thank you grizzly for jumping on, being a huge supporter of victory drive podcast. And like, um, like I said in the last episode, the discount code for all you guys is WCB. So we kept it the same as working class bow hunter. Um, and, of the same, keep it simple WCB for 15% off of anything at Grizzly. And also, need to talk to you guys about the working class bow hunter podcast network is growing. And recently, got uh, Jordan Johnson, he's started uh, a fishing podcast with uh, he has co host Nate Conklin and his wife Lola, and they are doing an absolutely bang up job over there at tackle and tacos and they talk everything about fishing and jigging and, um, boats and tacos. So if you're into any of that making tacos and fishing or just anything generally on the water, take a listen to them. They're absolutely great people over there and love talking to those guys and listening to their podcasts and seeing how they're, they're growing and some of the stuff they've been doing is pretty awesome. And then got cc hunt files with clint casper he's the the most western guy east of the mississippi i think and he's everyone knows him so there's really not a whole lot to say besides clint casper doing a freaking great job great job at cc hunt files talking about everything there is to know about western hunting and then he also dabbles in talks about his white tail stuff in ohio and just uh Obviously a great listen. Clint's full of energy and just a great guy to listen to. And he has a big wealth of knowledge, especially when it comes to Bohoney out West and mule deer, especially he loves that high country mule deer stuff. And man, it's awesome listening to him talk about all that and give whatever wisdom he has on that front. And then obviously we also have working class boner podcast that needs no introduction. They're the mothership, the, the, the big boys that keep this thing going round, and they're doing obviously everything there is to know about bow hunting and then some. I mean, they've been around forever, uh, pretty much. I and mean, that's the first hunting podcast I ever started listening to personally. And to be able to work with all those guys, Kurt and Eric and Doug and Austin Ross and all those guys over there at Working Class, absolutely great guys. And just check them all out. If you guys like what you're listening, what you're listening to here. Check out everyone else in the family and just thank you guys all for your support. I really, really, really do appreciate it. We wouldn't be here doing this thing if it wasn't for you guys listening in your car or at home or wherever you're at listening to this. So, from the bottom of my heart, thank you guys and I hope you enjoy this episode. Peace.
2: Yeah, tomorrow will be my Monday. I'll get, get after it tomorrow. I've got, got an owl problem i got to go take care of, so that would be a good way to start my day off. Owl problem? Yeah, there's like some guy bought a warehouse, an old one, and there's seven owls. There's like four adults and three juveniles, and he can't get them out. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go take care of that. I'm not sure. If I, <laughs> I, I deal with owls like one at a time. I've never dealt with a family of owls, so. Damn, Those barn owls are mean. I do
1: they're yeah, big, too. I never would have thought a, a game warden would be out taking care of owls
2: and shit. I thought that would be like Normally we don't. It's, it's like a wildlife management problem, and, you know, it's not really our division, but they can't get anybody over there, and this guy's wanting to get it remodeled and, you know, start on it next week. I really don't want to mess with it this weekend. I'm sure I'll be busy this weekend. So I was like, I'll be by there Friday and see. Yeah. I'll at least assess the situation. Yeah, and just go from there. I feel like
1: guys around here would would have just shot him and thrown right. him on
2: the ground. You know, <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: uh, his wife was with him. I think was the problem because I know the guy that oh, wow. that called that called me about the issue, and I was like, "Why are you calling me?" He's like, "Well, my wife." Well, I was like, "Ah," oh, she went with you to the warehouse. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm like okay, yeah, that makes sense. So. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, normally funny. it'd have been the it would have been that the
1: other way. Yeah, leave it to women to be the voice of reason, I guess.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: That's awesome. Well, I, I did already start recording, so um everyone, welcome back. I got online here, Dustin Smith. Uh we I'm probably gonna leave some of that in there because that was a pretty good conversation. That's what I've been starting to <laughs> just hit record when we're like I'm getting shit set up with uh whoever I'm talking to. Just because sometimes we get talking, and I'm like, "Fuck, man! I should have been recording that." So I just been <laughs> starting to like, record like the the preamble. But uh, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Dustin Smith. Uh, easy name to say. I've had a couple guys on here. Who are like, Fuck, is this how you say? <laughs> Pretty your <name>? common. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, you messed that one up. That'd be bad. <laughs> yeah.
1: So uh, I guess we <clears throat> for everyone that's listening, that's kind of confused right now. But uh, <laughs> so um, let's talk your background a little bit. And kind of where you're from and what you do and all that good stuff real. Yeah, no, it's
2: just uh, uh game warden right now, uh state police before that. And I think I've been in been an Arkansas guard mm, seventeen years now, I think, is where I'm at. Something like that, somewhere around there.
1: Did you join yeah. right out right out of high school or did you do the split out stuff and join while you're in?
2: No, I actually waited a year. Like, I did. graduated high school at 17 and then, you know, went to work. And I think I was, I turned 19 in basic. So, I'd, okay. yeah, I kicked it around for a year. The Marines almost got me when I was 18. And somehow or another, I dodged that bullet and went uh, to the, the guard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. I just felt like I was like, I still want to work and I want to do this and that. and Yeah. But yeah. Ended up ended up going the guard route and that's, it's been a pretty good deal. I mean, it's been a lot more busy than I thought it would have been, you know, starting out. You know, I was thinking mm-hmm. one week in a month, two weeks a year. And that has not been the case. <laughs> no. <that's, I laughs> ever mean, since.
1: I think that's how the, that's how, I shouldn't say that's how they got me, but uh, my buddy joined the guard and that's a big reason why I joined. And that's exactly what I thought. Like, I went to basic training. I was so fucking naive. And going to basic and then having drill sergeants out there, you know, like, obviously when you get to basic, it's not, it's really not that bad when you first get there at reception. It's boring. You're doing a lot of dumb We're shit, not. and you're like, "Man, is this this is basic? This isn't too bad." And then you get on the bus, and then the drill sergeants come in, and you do your, <laughs> do your shark attack shit, and they all start screaming yeah. at you and doing all that shit. And like, "Oh fuck, okay, this is basic." Because I went,
2: "Yeah, so here, yeah, here we are." <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I went to basic thinking like Full Metal Jacket. You know, like they're going to come in and start strangleholding us and fucking all this other crazy shit, but it wasn't. Full metal jacket, obviously. This is like that. That was Vietnam era. But, uh, no, I, I went there very naive. I'm like, I'm in the national guard. Like I'm, I just didn't, I had no expectations. I didn't know what I was doing. I joined as an infantryman. And the only reason why I did that is because my buddy was an infantryman.
2: So I'm like, fuck. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. Are, that was about the same, the yeah. same story. Uh, I, I knew a couple of guys that had done it and they did the split out deal where they had done it. You know, they went, they did their, their basic part at Benning and then came back to school and then did their ad to later. And, uh, yeah, they didn't really set me up. You know, it was, a uh, I I kind of learned on my own when I got there. I was like, well, they didn't tell me about this. They didn't tell me about that. I'm like, yeah, thanks guys.
1: <laughs> yeah. The, the only other buddy we had that was in the guard, he went to basic before me and my other buddy. He's a year older. And, yeah. uh, but he was, uh, an engineer and he went, so he went to, he went to Leonard Wood and uh, yeah. what he was saying, I'm like, well, that doesn't sound too bad. You know, <laughs> and then, yeah. and then getting to bending. And now when I went to base, I was kind of a chubby fucking 17 year old kid and didn't really know anything. <laughs> so I was like, Oh my gosh, I never done this shit before. But I, 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 I shouldn't say I was really chubby, but I was like, I haven't done a whole lot. I've never done that much like PT before. Like I was in wrestling Correct. and stuff. And I, did a couple amateur like MMA fights and stuff before that. But I never really trained that hard besides during like seasons of like in football or wrestling and then going to basic and doing all the shit that they want you to do all day, every day. I'm like, Oh my God,
2: I miss my mom. Yeah. That was the thing. (laughs) I've been out of high school for a year. You know, I've played sports my whole life and running wasn't a problem, but like i have been out of school for a year and I went and worked. I was on a, a power line company, you know, trying to be a lineman. And I'm out there, uh, Hurricane Katrina, you know, smoking a pack of cigarettes a day, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, I think I'll go join the guard and I'll show up to basic. And I'm like, Ooh, gotta run, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they remind you pretty
1: quick. Yeah, they do. Yeah, no, I, I was, I actually passed my like when we got to basic, do your initial PT test. So, you, when do you do that? Within the first few days of being at your, um, in your basic company, I guess. Um, yeah. When you get, yeah. When you get to your company. Yeah. When you yeah. get to the company, you, you do, is it, it's gotta be within the first couple days, right? It's hard to remember. But, yeah. They do an
2: assessment. I know they do like a, or they did a, like a one, one, one. And, um, like before, the first be, couple days before basic though. Yeah. Yeah. Like the guard yeah, like did that right for you, you right? The, yeah. What was it? Um, when R and R, what was it? Uh, they had some kind of, uh, it, it had to deal with recruiting and retention. Um yeah. that unit I had to go down to uh a, a unit not far from my house. I did a a one weekend down there, just a Saturday, Sunday, and yeah, they gave you like a like a one one like a mock PT to yep. you in know, and the other full deal. Yeah. They kinda taught you how to march. I still you know, I was stupid anyways, I still couldn't get it. But <laughs> it a one weekend was not enough. <laughs> no, it wasn't <laughs> uh, I if, if that was a plan.
1: I did pretty much the exact same thing. I went, yeah, I went to my, the unit I was going to and hung out with them. But looking back on it, cause I was in HHC. So it's headquarters, headquarters company and mm-hmm. being in the scout center platoon, like, you know, I got was, we were attached to headquarters. And so little did I know before I went to basic, I'm like, Oh, it's a bunch of, it was like all the admin guys, like trying to teach us all this stuff, you know, like right. before we go to basic, yeah. like just prepped and ready to go for basic and i'm like and doing the administering the pt <laughs> tests and stuff and then i get back from basic i'm like oh yeah okay now i get it that's why i didn't learn shit so <laughs> <before I went. laughs> yep you're exactly right know, yeah well yeah i feel my sit-ups that first pt test in basic the my first 222 which when, when we say 111 or 222 when it, regarding pt tests we're talking about in the army you do um two minutes of push-ups two minutes of sit-ups in a two-mile run and before we mm-hmm. went to basic they did a we did a 111 which is just all of that cut in half is basically what we're,
3: yeah and just some kind about of a
2: for. little yeah. bs assessment and yep. you get absolutely no scale off of it no. at all no
1: because i passed but. my 111 just fine and then i got to basic and i fucking filled ups. so i and we didn't do another pt test until the end and so I just got laid into about being a fat fucking loser the whole time. So, <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, mine was mine was push ups. Like, I, I failed. Uh, if I didn't fail, it was really close. Like, I was borderline, I think, when we'd done our first actual PT test because I was, you know, I was like 140 pounds. Like, I was not strong at all, but I could run. And they're like, y'all, y'all are not getting your family day pass at the end of this nine weeks if you felt, you know, they were just holding everything over our heads, you know. That was the only thing we had to look forward to for nine weeks. Right. You're not getting your pass before you go to AIT, and I was like, yeah, I knocked out my pushups, and I was like, I can't remember if I just barely passed or what, but I was like, I've got to do good on this run. And I ran like I did a my first mile was like a five like a five minute seven second mile, and I ended up running like 11:40 something. I was like, man, well, if, fuck, I, did, if I did that good enough, maybe I was like, maybe I'll get my, maybe I'll get my my pass. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we all got our freaking passes anyway. It was right. like, oh, that's so stupid.
1: Yeah. But, See, I didn't have a pass because I did the split out shit. So, oh yeah, they couldn't yeah. Hold, they couldn't hold that over our heads. But I mean, they just made fun of us the whole time. The guys that failed it was me <laughs> and like a couple of their guys that failed. So it, most of the guys passed, and I was one right. of the few that failed, and it was not fun it was terrible actually being never felt so though, you know, that such I never well, thought of myself as being that fat and, um, out of shape. And then I got there, I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm fucking worthless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I,
2: yeah. Sandhill will bring it out in you. Yeah. It...
1: <laughs> even when, when we, brass. even when we went to the, do our rifle qual, I got out there and yeah. I shot fucking, uh, 39 out of 40. So I only missed one and yeah. I shot, really good and they were calling off scores and a bunch of people failed rifle calls and they called my roster number out and they're like what the fuck you're the you're one of the fat bodies i'm like uh uh-huh. like, well you can shoot but you can't fucking pt get the fuck out of my face I'm like oh, okay <laughs> so even when i did something good they're like you still suck dude <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah you missed your sit us spot too you're dead to me yeah exactly <laughs> and then I
1: fucking smoked at the end cuz all we did basically as an infantryman all you do is pt and
2: get yelled at so I mean <laughs> yeah that's it that's the yeah that's the only two yep yeah that's it they <laughs> clean mop the yeah. damn floor jeez yeah, oh my okay. gosh yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I, I never looked forward to uh, church so much in my life Besides in basic, oh, hey,
2: there was a lot of dudes that found religion there. (laughs) Oh yeah,
1: (laughs) yeah. I even went to Catholic service because I heard they gave out uh, communion every Sunday. I'm like, dude, I can go get a little, I can go get a little sip of wine. Yeah, and I got there, it was fucking juice. Like, well, oh well, at least they're not yelling at me at church, so that's nice. (laughs) True. Yeah, that gets you when you get in that parking lot, though. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Yeah, they're waiting. Oh, it was was fun. we had a drill sergeant every before they let us go to church and stuff. We, they split us up by den- denominations and they're like, all right, who's going to, who's going to, who's going to see Protestant Jesus. And get over here. Who's going to see Catholic <laughs> Jesus Go over here. Who's getting ready to see yes. Lutheran Jesus go over there. And like, who's getting ready. In the they even got in like the other religions. Like, you know, uh, I think we had some Wiccans there. Like who's getting oh, ready to yeah. go see Wiccan Jesus. And they're like, Oh, what? And like, I don't care. Get over here. You know? <laughs> Jesus is everywhere, all right? So get over here. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's brutal. it's awesome. Look at yeah. me. No, I'll never forget
2: that one. It was good. It was. I was yeah. Got the time, though. It sucked. I was like, I'm never coming back to Fort Benning again. When I leave here, that's it. <laughs> yeah. And then it was like two years later, I was down there for aerosol school. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, oh. Why did I, when I pulled in off the interstate, I was like, this is dumb. <laughs> why did uh, I do this? Yeah, so and then I got there, started so school, and I was like, "Well, this this is even more dumb." So, so. you you went to uh,
1: <laughs> so basic and AIT. A- 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 did you have any like before before we get off basic? Did you have anything like silly stories from basic?
2: Did any crazy uh, shit happen? Nah, just the the fights. I guess is what surprised me. I mean, I you know, we had you know fights in high school and stuff or whatever, you know. But it was like I don't know. You just put you know, 60-something dudes in one place for, what, 14 weeks. God, we were fighting every week. I mean, just, yeah. like, some good ones, too. Oh, yeah. And that, I mean, I remember that quite a bit. That stood out. Like, it just, uh, I don't know. We had a our, uh, our little uh, platoon guide, I guess, whatever they called him, you know, that we had. They wouldn't call him a platoon sergeant, you know, because obviously he's a private, too. But right. our platoon guide, he was, like, I bet he was around 30 when he came through, he was an older guy and, uh, just jacked though, like he was on roids hadn't been before he came in and he was, he was always the, like, whenever he jumped in and broke it up, no one, no one would argue, you know, like he would, yeah. he would always let it go for a little bit and then, yep, that's good. I remember him breaking stuff up and everybody would just go silent.
1: Well, that definitely helps so, it to have a, you had a full fledged adult there that was jacked. So it's like okay. Yeah. Yes, Dad. I'll shut
2: up. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Anything else. Yeah, he would have got his ass kicked too, it'd have been anybody else. But sure. <laughs> <laughs> but him you know, like no one messed with him. Like he okay, so there is one good one I remember now. We were out on um it, I don't think it was one of the right it might have been the two oh three range. And like how small that range is and stuff, you know, not everybody could be out there. So they had quite a few of us in the bleachers. And we had this one cat, I don't remember the the turd's name, but our, our platoon guy or whatever you want to call him. He his last name was Blair. I remember him. Um this guy didn't like how Blair I guess ran the ship. I don't know. He always just had it out for him. But like he mouthed him. I remember he was down like on the ground and said something and Blair taught him just to shut the F up, you know. And he went to say something and Blair was like already down on the ground. And he was like, what you say? And he went to mumble something, and he reared back and headbutted that dude oh, and just laid him out. I'm talking nose bleeding, not black eye of the works. I was like, whoa. And we were already, like, pretty close to done then, you know. We're shooting a three and stuff. But <laughs> when he did that, I was like, nobody said a word. The whole, I, I bet he'd done it in front of, like, 150 people, you know, because the whole company was there. It wasn't just our platoon. And I was like, goodness gracious, this guy's a like, man like <laughs> nobody <laughs> said a word after that though nobody told on him like even that dude i remember the one of the drill sergeants asked him you know what happened or whatever and I, he the only thing he could say is i fell you know yep. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it nobody got in trouble but like i remember he just reared back and just wow right there the well this was good oh that's yeah. awesome yeah
1: you had to think imagine being a drill sergeant Cause I was never a drill sergeant, but man, they have to have some stories. Yeah. And they know, you know. They like, oh, go, yeah, someone, yeah, like someone know. smoked this dude, you know. <laughs> yeah,
2: well, that's the thing. They probably knew he needed it too, because like I said, he whined the whole time we were there. Oh you yeah, know, it was just one of those deals, and like Blair seen his opportunity and took it, yeah. <laughs> shut him up for the rest of the time we were there. That's awesome. Yeah, we
1: we had uh, the craziest situation we dealt with in training was one of the. One of the fucking privates uh, somehow got, like, a bunch of booze. Like, they snuck out in the middle of the night, somehow got past Firewatch and CQ and all that stuff, <laughs> and bought patches and stuff from the PX. So they looked yes. like they're actual soldiers on betting. They went and bought a bunch of booze and came back and hit it in the, in the bathrooms behind the... I think it was, like, the fucking... I think it's the... I can't remember it is in the walls. I can't remember if it was the power, like the uh breaker box back there that they like pulled out somehow and snuck it all back there, but it was a bunch of playboys and nudie mags and booze, and they are just getting loaded <laughs> in the bathrooms, I guess, <laughs> and I didn't know about this like me and none of me and, like me and none of my friends or none of my friends and I knew that it was back there. At least uh, I know I didn't, but, uh, anyways, we did, they, they did a health and welfare check or whatnot and threw all of our stuff and took all of our stuff out of the bunks and went into the ceiling tiles and found a bunch of other shit, found all the booze and nudie mags. And they also found a baggie of cocaine up in the ceiling tiles, I oh guess. Oh my God. Yeah. I don't know how they found all this stuff, but the MPs came out and everything. And while they're thrashing our, our whole bay, um, we were staying outside doing rifle PT. For <laughs> dude, I think it was like four or five hours of just doing rifle PT yeah. sprints while they're just tossing everything with the M P S, and they came down and they're f- oh my god! Like, obviously the drill sergeants were absolutely livid. Like the colonel came down, oh, that's the Sergeant next Major level. Came down. That was in, it was wild. And yeah, he throws some uh, coke in there. It's, yeah. <laughs> it'll get real. It did get real, and they found the guys that did it. And because they, we all had to go in and talk to the Sergeant Major and the Colonel and basically give our sworn statements to them about the whole Mm -hmm. ordeal. And they figured out who did it. Some of the other guys ratted on each other and ratted them out. But man, they, those two dudes that did that, they ended up permanently at the CQ desk with chairs facing the wall for the next however many weeks until, (laughs) until the cycle was over. Then we all left. We all graduated and left. And those dudes were still staring at the wall oh my (laughs) god it was crazy i'm like oh my gosh this is
2: insane (laughs) yeah i had nothing nothing cool like that it (laughs) was was not cool. it might have been going on i i I don't know they didn't they didn't tell poor little private smith about it
1: i mean i couldn't imagine like i even to this day being 32 years old and not i couldn't imagine the balls in those dudes to be to go through with that like, imagine that Absolutely conversation, not. you know, like, hey, we're going to sneak out, get some patches, get some booze and nudie mags, then I'm going to have some somehow find cocaine. I don't know how they even right. found yeah. that, but... Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. That was wild. Yeah, I don't even know where you'd get that there. <laughs> no. No, they had to have gotten off post somehow.
2: No, yeah, I'm trying to think of what, what was the name of that, that road there in Georgia they told us not to go to whenever we'd get a pass? There was a...
1: Oh, this is a really... I'm so glad you brought this up. It was called Victory Drive.
2: Victory. Yeah. Uh, Ah, yes. Yeah. That's that's it. That's why I
1: named
3: the podcast
1: Victory Drive.
2: (laughs) Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, all the businesses were off limits. (laughs) Yeah. And I didn't go down there. Apparently, you went down there,
1: though. (laughs) I perused. Yeah. I didn't see what all the hype was about. (laughs) (laughs) Just like anything else. Like, Oh, man. Yeah. Yep. Nope. That's why that's where I got the name for this podcast is from that road outside Benning.
2: Oh well, that freaking nailed it. That, that's pretty good. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> yep. No, it's just, I think it's like, I think the businesses were, it was like strip club, divorce lawyer, tattoo parlor, uh, military surplus store. And then it just repeated that rotation the whole road. I think.
2: Oh yeah. It was it <laughs> Ranger Joe's down there?
1: Oh yeah. Yep.
2: Yep, uh, Randy yeah, Randy was on there.
1: There's... Oh, they had, a, they had a barber too. I forgot. They definitely had a barber on
2: there. Of course. <laughs> God, all the bad decisions you could, yeah. Oh, yeah. Follow right there in one place. Yep. Oh, yeah. That place would need that, though, to function, though. You'd have to have somewhere like that. If you were stationed at Fort Benning, God, oh, just man. imagine if you were a drill instructor down there. Yeah. Ugh.
1: No thanks. No <laughs> thanks, dude. That would suck. So yeah, so uh, well, now that we're done with training, so you went back to your unit, and what happened between? Because you, then you mentioned you went to airborne or air assault school there, huh?
2: Yeah, so yeah, when I got I got done there, I went uh, I went back to my unit there, uh, Bravo Company and Second Battalion, um, out of the 39th, and I went back there, and dude, it was like. I think it was me and one other guy from that area that went through and graduated at the same time. And we got back to the unit. And I think it was like second drill. And uh, they come up to both of us. Um, me and Ellen Bob was his last name. And they, they come up to us and I'm like, y'all, y'all shot pretty good? I'm like, yeah, I mean, we, I think we scored expert. I'm like, all right, well, we got this tag match coming up. And uh, we got slots for SDM, you know, squad and marksman. And uh the two guys that were supposed to go dropped out, so y'all are gonna go. You know, of course we were privates, so like, uh oh, Roger, you know, like yes, yes, Sergeant. <laughs> we didn't know what we Right. And uh so it was like we'd been back from basic not very long and then we're in, we're at S D M school and we see the other side of like how a, a school is ran. You know, it was you know, it's a gentleman's course, you shot and you're done in the evenings and you're on your own time and You know, it was good. We learned quite a bit and, um, went from there and then went and shot, uh, the state tag match. And, uh, we both ended up doing really good there. And, uh, uh, we, what's the, what's the state state tag tag match? Uh, just, yeah, each state's got one. Um, it's just your, uh, your combat rifle and pistol courses, um, competition wise, how that goes. Um. You got several different – everything's, you know, rat grade, everything. Like, at the time, um, you know, our unit had M4s or whatever. If you could get an M16 just because it had a longer barrel, you know, you were, you were better off. Yeah. Um, but it was a rat grade M4, M16, and then M9s. And then you just ran through four or five matches a day for, like, three days. Um, and then at the end, they come up with it. I ended up getting to shoot – I did get enough, like, I guess, in the novice side or whatever. Um, I got to go shoot for the state at our our uh, MAC regional. And, like I said, brand-new private still. I don't even know how the Army works. And <laughs> we go to, like, Missouri and shoot. And I ended up doing really good on the novice side there. Like, I, I didn't do good on the, the open side or whatever. But as far as a first-time shooter, like, I won some stuff. And we got back, like, hey, all right, you ever heard of, a you know, Winston P. Wilson. It's like I have no idea oh, about shit. any of this. They're like, yeah, well, you you and you and you, you. You know, this is the team. So I ended up shooting Wilson in my first year in the guard, and which, of course, I didn't do very good. But Team wise, team team we did good. I'm pretty sure because they could drop, you know, my score. But but it was fun. Like I so said, I learned a lot there, and that was that was like 2007. And they started, you know, spitting out a lot of money because, like, you know, 39 is going to Iraq. So, it's like, what schools do you want? And, of course, I've been one stopper school ever since I got in the Guard. You know, that was – I didn't know really anything about it. And I was like, that's what I want to do. And then it was like, well, you can go to Air <laughs> <I'm> like, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Good enough. <laughs> so, yeah, went and done that and then um, came back. And then it was like, all right, we're going to Iraq. And then when done, the Camp Shelby deal. We've done quite a bit of stuff well, beforehand at Chaffee.
1: How how was air assault school? Because uh, I'm sure a lot, a lot of listeners, I, I get a lot of questions oh, from I listeners, do. like to <laughs> break some of the stuff down a little bit better When whenever I talk to other veterans. Like, I've never been to air assault school, but I know guys that have been, so I have an understanding <laughs> of it. But can you break down like your experience in air assault school a little bit and like what it
2: even is and all that shit? okay well i was not a fan i'm still not i don't (laughs) i don't know it just you show up you get processed in and then it's just like day zero is i don't know it's just terrible (laughs) Uh, it's just i mean you've got like corporals you know like aerosol instructors like corporals smoking first sergeants and i'm like what is this, you know, yeah. like, how is this even possible? But like I said, and I was still new. Like I said, I still really didn't have a whole grasp of the Army. And it just, yeah, it was just a beat down for, was it two weeks, I guess, or 21 days. I don't even remember how long it was. It was it was long enough, whatever it was. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, it just, what do you say? I think you say, uh, was it every time your left face hits the ground? You say aerosol everywhere you go, and, you, you know, you run everywhere you go, but you just aerosol, mm-hmm. aerosol. it just childish stuff like that. Just, yeah. I don't know. I don't know why they would want to make something fun like repelling because that's the end goal is you're repelling out of a helicopter at 100 foot. Yep. I don't know why they would want to make something fun like that, so not so fun. It just, like, we got dropped during graduation practice and <laughs> got smoked in graduation practice that's, why, that's
1: kind of the <laughs> that's kind of the military though you know like yeah. the oh, military yeah. and the government in general really they find a way to make things that are super badass to be like not that cool like not that fun in the moment right. you know like you should be out like there I, enjoying yourself or at least getting some quality
2: training and all that stuff <laughs> and instead they're, they're like, trying yeah. to learn yeah <laughs> you know you've got halfway through you've got you know a that's yeah. like, because okay, I think they break it up in two phases. If I can remember, Alex, that's been a long time, but like, you've got two phases, I think. And like, at the end of the first phase, maybe it was like, you've got um, uh, deficiencies tests, you know, for your sling loads. And, you know, you're you're getting smoked the whole time you're trying to study. And then it's test time and everybody's all nice. And you're like, oh, this is kind of weird. <laughs> you know, and you're doing your deficiency test. You're like, I'm oh, about to get dropped or something. You know, you're just thinking that the whole time in the back of your mind when you're trying to like learn these. You know, what an actual like this nuts missing off this bolt. you know, like I need to know, you know, I don't even be thinking about something else, but that's all you've got going on in the back of your mind. Mm -hmm. But Somehow or other, i passed that and then went on to the next phase and and it's just you're just repelling off the tower and stuff every day and then getting dropped and then you've got ruck marches all through it as you as you progress. So do the miles. You know, I think it started off with a four, and then you went to a six, and then an eight, and then you finished with a 12. And your 12 is like, your 12-mile ruck march is the very last thing you do. And you get done with that, you start late at night, like midnight probably, and do your uh, do your 12 miles. And, you know, it's the next morning, get done with that, pretty much pack your stuff up, and then get ready for graduation practice and then graduate. And like I said, we'd just done a 12 mile and there's like, you know, we started with like 200 and something people, maybe something. It was like low 200s. And we graduated like 67, I think. Jeez. And there's 67 freaking broke dudes out here. And she, there was a couple of females too. And, um, yeah, we're out there in graduation practice and they drop us. I'm like, what, what is be- going on? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> this sucks. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
3: Okay. Uh, it did.
1: So you got so you got done with that and then you went back to your went back to your unit with your aerosol wings and you're like, fuck yeah, I'm awesome.
2: Right, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I might I might have made specialists by then somewhere, but yeah, I was still <laughs> still have a clue how stuff worked, you know.
1: Well yeah, I mean I guess you
2: you've just been something like you've been <laughs> pretty busy just doing other shit. Right. It was like, yeah, as soon as I got back from binning, it was just go, 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 because, you know, that unit knew that they were fixing to go. I, yep. I still didn't know how that process worked, you know, but we got done with that and then yeah, we did pre move and <laughs> did that. Yeah, we hung out at hung out at Camp Shelby, Mississippi for a while. Got all that done. Yeah. And yeah. Then went did, went and flew over. <laughs> did you guys get a
1: pass at all when you're in Shelby?
2: oh uh, yeah yeah right at the very end they I never did. gave us one like you know there in the middle of it but yeah we we didn't get one i think we got like a four
1: day maybe yeah. at the end yep we got a four day right at the end of shelby as well uh yeah what'd you do
2: no my family day? come down or my mom and dad and my girlfriend at the time just come down and went uh i think we stayed we went to biloxi okay we stayed at the heart rock and just yeah. stayed down there for four days and you know, the drive time back home and then come back, you miss a day and a half. So they just came down and we did that deal. And that was, that was it. You didn't, when,
1: you didn't end up in a bar named Ropers at all? <laughs> no, I never okay. went to Ropers. All right. That's good. That's a no. good call, man. <laughs> no. so when, when I we, listened we,
3: to that. Yeah. Did well, you? I heard okay. about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, on a,
2: yeah. 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 With your old, with the, the old sexist sergeants yeah. podcast. <laughs> yeah. I heard about that Ropers. Okay. I was like. Well, I'm glad I dodged that bullet when I when, <laughs> when yeah. you were talking about it. I was like, Yeah, I'm glad I didn't
1: go out there. Yeah, it's a it's a long story. I've told it already, but yeah, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about when I say ropers, go back and listen to um, the podcast I had with Boer, the sniper, um, our sniper section leader when we were over there. But yeah, fucking ropers sucks. Mississippi sucks. Yeah,
2: that, <laughs> when that story came on, I was in the middle of a I was in the middle of cleaning fish. Whenever I was listening, to that I had to stop. I was like, God bless! I'm glad I did not go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: uh, it was brutal. I'm glad I did it. Looking back, I'm glad it, oh, I'm yeah, glad it yeah. happened. In the moment, Absolutely. I was not. In the moment, I was not so proud of myself, but at the same time, like I'm glad it, <laughs> I'm
2: glad it happened because it's a funny yeah. story. But no, that was pretty good. <laughs> so yeah, then no, you, no, it, okay, y'all knew that it was coming. Yeah, like, even before y'all got there, y'all knew it was gonna happen. Yep. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> we did.
1: <laughs> we were we were warned, but what are you going to do when you have a bunch of, you know, young men full of testosterone getting ready to go to war? Like,
2: yeah, they're like, "Hey, you, this you might say, be it." Yeah, you know?
1: Yeah, don't go here cuz people are mean." It's like, "Okay, well, we're about, That's about to go exactly meet some going. Yeah, we're about to meet some mean <laughs> people, so let's fucking see what see yeah. what this place is all
2: about. <laughs> yeah, it can't be that mean. Challenge accepted.
1: <laughs> well, but, uh, so yeah, so you got done with uh Shelby did all your pre-mob and stuff. So you're not uh you're you're just a like I guess "quote unquote regular line soldier yet, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, I'm in a line unit. Okay. yeah, I'm just
2: an infantry unit by the yeah, like Just uh yeah. Uh, a gunner, you know, that's all I was. The whole deployment, you know, I just sat behind a, a, yeah. Nice. And yeah, little did I know that's, that was the easiest role I would probably have in the guard. Yeah. (laughs) Like, oh, it was so nice. It just. And say, how, how was that Iraq deployment? Just. Oh, it was, it was kind of cake. I mean, we were out a lot. Like I said, we just convoy security and, we were out a lot, but really when we were back and, you know, maintenance was good on vehicles, like, like I said, so we were in al and it was a giant airbase. Like yeah. It was huge. And, um, you know, we would just run uh, from there to like TQ to the Jordan border, um, and back really, you know, and it was, it was good. I had a driver that was, awesome like he did not want anybody else to drive so oh nice i, mean, I just sat back in my chair in yep. that asb and hung out you know yeah. it just it was good it was good but did, did you come guys, back and did
1: you guys get in any firefights while you're in iraq or was it not pretty chill the
2: entire time no it was like yeah like i said it was chill the entire time okay. it was because
1: what time frame is this? oh wait oh yep Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. Iraq has and been going on for, it was what, during that, yeah, six years that then? whole
2: surge. Yeah. We, we were probably like in the middle, I guess, of the, the big surge, I guess, or whatever had happened, you know, and like everything really just kind of died, you know. I mean, it was, there just wasn't a whole lot going on. And there just wasn't any bad guys around, you know. Yeah. Just, I don't know. It was, like I said, I, all the guys that were in my unit, you know, all the old timers or whatever, you know, they'd been on like, Cause my unit went in 03, like they were oh, right shit. there, like that initial invasion. Yeah. So like, I, I've got all these old salty guys that are like my TC and my truck was one of them, you know, like he, he went to, you know, Baghdad in 03, you know, and was there for like a year and a half. <laughs> so, you know, everybody was like expecting the worst, you know, he's like, yeah, you know, it's about to get weird, you know, this and that. And we get there and like nothing ever happened. I was like, oh, it got weird, didn't it, man? He's like, yeah. Well, it could have. (laughs) (laughs) It could have, yeah. Yeah. So you
1: guys just fucking hung out there, got jacked on at the gym, and
2: oh, the gyms, yeah, were good. it was. Uh, there was like two big nice gyms there. They had a Burger King there. Um, wow, what else was there? There was a lot of stuff there. Like I said, it was it was a big place. Um, Mm -hmm. swimming pool. Man, sounds like all sorts of stuff. Sounds like my Kuwait deployment. Yeah. It was like my African appointment. Like both of them were about the same. I mean, it was, uh, yeah. Drew that combat pay. Yep, yep.
1: (laughs) So then you came home and, uh, what did you do when you got home then?
2: Uh, yeah, I just, I went back to work for, uh, the power line company I was working for. I was working for Arkansas electric at the time. I come back and then I, um, started bouncing around schools. Like I got to go, that's when I got to go to the, uh, mountain warfare school um oh sick um but that was so that one was after sniper school mountain warfare so yeah let me go back a little bit yeah we got back and it, well the whole time while we were in Alasad, you know our readiness nco and our training nco was like you know we're still gonna have money you know anybody want to go to school is this and that and i'm like i want to go to freaking sniper school i've been saying that you know since this and that and i'm like yeah okay uh, well i got a slot and it was it was quick it was like couple months after I got back, I was at sniper school at Camp Robinson. Damn. And uh, yeah, so yeah. So that's went and done that. And at the time it was just four weeks. Um so yeah it was at the tail end middle middle tail end of two thousand nine. And um yeah. So I went through that. And that Did I mean that Sniper School weeks.
1: Sniper School is more of a gentleman's course. It's not it
2: was it's not like aerosol, right? it's not like aerosol, but it was not like squad designated marksman either it was right.
1: well i mean that it, one it's going go to hard. It's gonna be hard it's going to be hard because i mean sniper to to become a bravo 4 qualified sniper which bravo 4 just means that you means that you went to sniper school and graduated and you're a legitimate you know army qualified sniper so to get your right. bravo 4 designation i mean that's a pretty Snipers, I mean, that's a pretty uh, big
2: college. It's not an easy school by any means from what I've heard. No, and it, it was not. And, you know, even after deployment, I'm still trying to figure out what the Army is, you know, right. as far as, you know, what to do. And, uh, but now we got there and it was, it was, it was hard. It was, um, I mean, they, they still would smoke you like morning PT was freaking morning PT, like rifle runs. Um, you know, slow guys carrying the 107, you know, the Barrett, the 50 mm-hmm. cal. And, uh, it just yeah. – you run. You're on the, the known distance range. You're running from berm to berm. You know, every, everywhere you go, you're running. You got a ruck on, you know, because you're living day to day out of that ruck. So you got quite a bit of stuff in it. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was hard. But, yeah, they didn't have to smoke you for it to be hard. Yep. I mean, they – they got their presence, you know, they, they got their bluffing, I guess, quick. You know, they smoked just the first few days pretty good. And then after that, it was like everybody done right. You know, they, there was a few guys quit in the first couple of days just because of, I guess, the intensity of it. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't ready. They should have been there to begin with, obviously. But
1: right. Yeah, if they quit that early. I mean, it's one of those things where, like, <laughs> yeah. schools like that, like, sniper school, um, ranger school, SFAS, like schools like that generally, they don't have to, I guess, smoke you per se all the time. Not saying that you don't get smoked in Ranger school or don't get smoked in SFAS because in those other um, top tier schools you do, but it's not like what it sounds. It doesn't sound like it's like aerosol because those are, those schools are just generally as, as a school, it's just a, it's a tough school. So
2: yeah, the just, Yeah, this the school itself. The yeah, the meat and potatoes of that whole school. Yeah. yeah it's just, you're going to get, you're going to get that heart right up yeah. without them yelling at you. Yep. Because aerosol yeah. school
1: could be a super chill school, but it sounds like you get some, yeah, some people like, in there.
3: It could some, be like airborne
1: school.
2: Yeah. Did you go to airborne, but it's airborne not. school too? No, I just, no, okay. I know a lot of people that's been. Yep. And they're just like, you know, it's, you know, it's pretty, pretty calm. Yep. You know?
1: That's what I heard too. <laughs>
2: You're just learning and yeah. you're, you run, you run a lot, but yeah, they're not jumping down, yelling, screaming, smoking, you know, first artists and stuff. It's yeah, just, uh,
1: It's not basic training show was, over
2: again. Uh, that's exactly what it was. I'm telling you. Oh, uh, so well, I'm not trying to deter anybody from going to aerosol school. If you got a chance to go. You better go just because. Yeah. But
1: yeah. I mean, it's one of those things but you get. Guys, a, you get a cool badge for it, so you get to put some more candy on your uniform and look cool. So that's right. nice. We uh, we always yeah. call them hula schools, you know, like airborne, air assault. Yeah,
2: that's about all it is. Yeah, yep. yeah,
1: because yeah. you're never
2: going to do really any of that. No, no not really. <laughs> Outside of there, uh, no, they're they're not going to let you repel no. into you know a firefight out of a Black Hawk.
1: Right? Because we but. we did a bunch of air assault missions or quote unquote air assault missions in Afghanistan, but they weren't like black Hawk down repelling out of a helicopter. Air assault is like right. jump in a helicopter, uh, Yeah, absolutely. Fly over here. It right. When it touches down, you run out and then they fly off.
2: Yeah. Oh, uh, it would have been handy if we could have repelled out of that or even fast Oh yeah, no shit. Right. That would have been be nice. It would have been handy. Uh, we could have got <laughs> dropped right where we needed to be. Now nah, we're going to walk five clicks cause we can't land anywhere.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yep. But, so, but, okay. So sniper school is over. Um, so what, so from there, did you, I, I mean, at this point, have you been on a regular drill, like national card drill yeah. schedule? I mean,
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was few and far between. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I'm still just in a regular, you know, line, you know, I'm still a Bravo company and, um, once, so 2010 rolls around, and talk is coming of our next rotation, you know, Arkansas's rotation being um, Afghanistan. Well, so they start throwing a little bit more money, you know, into schools. And, and I was like, I, I'd like to go to Airborne. Like, well, that's never going to happen. So right. you know, I don't know what it is, like, you know, a guard unit. Unless you're in like a, you know, a guard unit or an SF guard unit or something, you're not going to get Airborne. No, you're not. So... They're like, well, you know, we're thinking about going to Afghanistan. We got this school we can get slots for called Mountain Warfare. I was like, you bet, sounds good. You can sign me up. Where's it at? I'm like Vermont. Like, okay, that dope. sounds good. So got a slot for that, and uh, went to Vermont. And that's when I ran into the Oklahoma guys. And, oh, okay. But Mountain Warfare though, that was it was it was a gentleman's course as well. Like there's no just rucking up and down those mountains alone was enough mm-hmm. it was it was it was plenty The like i said those instructors there were top notch it was good good course um you
1: sound like my yeah, squad leader man like my squad leader um he did a lot of this other shit too like he went to aerosol school too and mountain warfare mountain warfare school before we went to afghanistan like you and him share a lot of the same schools and it's kind of cool
2: uh that's probably was what we was limited to really I mean, that was about all you could get yeah honestly like, like I said, I was single. I didn't have a care in the world. I was like, I'll go to whatever you send me. Yep. You know, the, the the time frame wasn't good for Ranger School. Like, I would have missed out. Like, they weren't they weren't even offering slots for that then. Yeah. So, um, you know, I was like, I I would go, but it's like, well, we, we're not sending anybody. I'm like, okay, all right, that's cool. <laughs> I'll go to Mountain Warfare.
1: Yeah. My so My uh, father was supposed to go to Ranger School, but then he got I think he got in some trouble or something, or somehow it fell through but
2: yeah oh yeah
3: uh when i got back from afghanistan like going, doing anything like
2: that was, i was like no i'm good yeah <laughs> i'm just just having a be here, man i'm good I'm, I'm good yep. so so what, what was mountain
1: warfare I, school like was it a lot of mountaineering type shit or yeah um
2: mainly like just how to operate in the mountains really you know like um knots like you know there's a knot you know efficiency test you had to pass i think it was like 20 knots that you got to memorize, like you got this 550 cord and you're, you turn like a, a chair upside down and you got to tie these knots like on the legs, you know, like in front of an instructor, you know, to pass. Like you got to memorize all that. And then, the, uh, you know, like the pulley systems and stuff, like you can take a rope and a carabiner and just, you know, haul a 300 pound guy up a mountain by yourself, you know, is, you know, like taking stuff like that. Uh, high angle shoots, you know, seeing what the bullet does, you know, when you're shooting at like a 45 degree angle. You know, like down in the valley. Yep. Um, you know, we had a day of that. Um, uh, let's see. Really other than that, you know, because I went through during the summer, summer phase. There's two phases. There's summer, winter. I went through like in the fall. And it was like, I think it was the last summer phase um, you know, for the year. So it was like October, I think. And it was cold. Like it was sleeting and snowing and stuff like it was not not a summer phase I was thinking of, but like winter phase they're building like ice shelters and they're climbing like ice walls and stuff you know we didn't do that um in the summer phase, but that's uh we we did a lot of what I'd say a lot we did a little bit of climbing, you know um, nothing that wasn't like unsafe like i said it was pretty pretty calm course, but I didn't learn a lot. Like I guess and then that's where I ran into the Oklahoma guys. And uh mm-hmm. that's that's what got me on the Afghanistan path.
1: Yeah, but, so who who did you meet from Oklahoma that led to that, I guess? Do you just they tell you that, yeah, we're getting ready to go to Afghanistan? You're like sick.
2: Yeah. So the yeah, Sergeant Cruz was there. Um he was the platoon sergeant for the scouts there at Oklahoma for uh for one seven nine and he... <laughs> he was talking about it one day and so you get paired up with guys as you go through the course, you get your uh, quote unquote mountain buddy is what they're called. Okay. And, uh, my mountain buddy was one of the scouts. He was one of the, I think he was an E five, um, at the time. So he was kind of preaching it to me. Like, you know, they're going, they're going here and this is what they're doing. Like it's going to be the real deal. And I'm like, it's exactly what I want. You know, and he was like, you need to talk to certain crews. And, uh, so I talked to him one day about halfway through the course and, uh, Sergeant Irvin was there too. And Irvin was the sniper section sergeant. Oh, no. Shit. And we got to talking and, 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 you know, he's like, you're before I'm like, yeah. He's like, yeah, I got my bro before. And he's like, you really want to go? I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's, I guess it's what I signed up for. You know, I was like, it will be, it will be good. Yeah. You know, yeah. I ain't got nothing back home. But, well, so
1: it's one of those things too, like when you're doing all this training and, being an infantryman and becoming a sniper and doing all these cool schools that you've done and all that stuff, then going to Iraq and coming back and having that be, I guess, not exactly the combat deployment that you maybe expected, and then not. hearing about an Afghanistan deployment coming up because in that time frame, that 2010 to 2012 time frame was yeah, y'all were there. Yeah, 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 we were there in 10, 11, and that whole that whole chunk of time in Afghanistan. Was uh, the the surge back into Afghanistan? Because shit started popping off in Afghanistan pretty heavy again. Right. So you're hearing all this stuff about what they're yeah, supposed to be I, expecting, I think... and you're like, "Hey, yeah, that's why I signed up to do." Like, it's like I compare it to like tr- like playing football, right? No one you want to go out there and you practice and practice and practice, but imagine never really playing a game. You know. Yeah. And now you're getting basically. Being told, like, hey, there's a really big game coming up and you fit the bill what kind <laughs> of
3: situation.
2: So, yeah, yeah, we got this open spot and you, you might could come play. Yeah. So, but because I think uh, Cruz and Urban were getting, um, I don't know if they had made contact with uh, with your leadership yet or not, but I think they were getting some emails, this and that, like, you know, this is not your typical guard deployment. Like, this is going to be the real deal. Yep. Kind of deal, you know, because they they kind of broke it down to me a little bit while we were there, and I was like, "Man, sounds good." I was like, "Absolutely." I'm like, "You sure?" I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> yep. you bet, man." So, yeah,
1: because on, on our end of things, I'm I'm sure that was happening where there we're because, I mean, I don't know. I was a specialist, when I, I went to Afghanistan, so I wasn't privy to all the higher up leadership talk, but I'm sure that our colonel and sergeant major was talking to your guys's colonel and sergeant major because. Our deployment, yep. the way it was briefed to us was, yeah, this isn't, we, it, we were told we're going to, we were given our our, warn, our warning order of Afghanistan deployment. Like, okay, here we go yep. kind of thing. And I had just gotten out of AIT when I heard about this Afghan deployment and I actually had, uh, when I joined, I had a fucking, um, what was it called? College first contract. So I was, oh, yeah. I was non-deployable yeah. at the time. And I had to sign up some paperwork saying, like, hey, I renounce my college first um, con- part of my contract and I want to deploy. So yes. I had to do all that. But when we were told about Afghanistan, we're like, okay, we're getting ready for Afghanistan. And then as it got closer, we're like, hey, this is like we, our leadership and our state kind I of, don't, I don't know if they fought for it, but it was like, hey, we, you know, we got this opportunity to go to Afghanistan. We have our own area of operation. Like we're not falling under. Any big army shit like this is our own area of operation yeah. that we are, we are responsible for. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So that was pretty interesting, and a lot of the old crusties that we had with us like this doesn't happen. Like usually, usually guard deployment, yeah. guard units get attached to a big army unit, and you do you work with them on stuff, right? But, yeah. Yeah. This was completely different. So I'm sure that was happening back and forth. We're like, hey, this is what we're experiencing as like. in this situation of being a guard unit with our own area of operation that you guys were going to come with the oklahoma guard was going to come
2: and take over after we left so yep they they only had to mention landowner one time i was like i've heard that before that sounds pretty cool like yep (laughs) yep that uh we get to do our own thing and uh yeah it, it didn't take much convincing and the next thing I know, we get done with mountain warfare and graduate that, and yeah, I keep in contact with, um, with the Oklahoma guys. I like even one of them comes in and comes hunting with me. Like, he came in during that time because like so we got done in October and it was November. He came in and and deer hunted on my place for a few days, oh, sure. and um, yeah, we you know, we talked about it some more. And my unit was not wanting to like. Let me just transfer over to them, you know, for no reason. So, like, you know, I had to come up and like, I'm oh, moving to Oklahoma. You know, here's my address. I'm IS ten. You know, and then one seven nine. The the scouts. The slot that I fell into was um because I made E five um, during that time. Um, so I was a, a team leader. I was a sergeant there mm-hmm. at Bravo Company. And um, so the E five slot that they had was in Scouts. And so I just took a team leader spot there, but like I said, I had to IST and, you know, I, I moved to Oklahoma. What do you mean? And, I, I, um, ice 10? Interst- the interstate, you know, uh, IST, the the interstate oh, transfer two. deal. Like I had to, okay. yeah, I just had to say I was moving. I got a job in Oklahoma. I'm moving. I'm not going to be in Arkansas anymore. It's my hardship. Mm. Um, I'm going to be an Oklahoma guard now. So. Okay. Because Arkansas was, you know, having the talk of they're going to Afghanistan and, you know, like 2012 and, that was that was the the plan anyways that was being talked about so they weren't going to let anybody go right and that was the only way I could get in with Oklahoma and, and get on that deployment so so did you actually move to ended. Oklahoma uh sure yes yeah so you moved to Oklahoma <laughs> nice <laughs> i moved to Oklahoma and um got the and Arkansas never even they didn't go they they didn't go oh, they on didn't? the deployment like they were supposed to. No. They they went and done an N C T rotation. Oh um, while, while cool. I was in Afghanistan, they they done a rotation out there in California and I don't know what all took place, but they ended up not going to Afghanistan. Okay. So but so I would have if I would have just hung around and like, you know, took their word for it, like, hey, we're going to Afghanistan, you don't have to go with them like we're going. Like if I'd have done that then yeah, I'd have never Never would have got to go to Afghanistan. Yeah. And so you, I mean, I'm
1: ne- glad. You never would have been on this podcast.
2: Never would have been <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs>
1: exactly right. Well, that's cool. But, okay. So you get your IST done and you move to Oklahoma and you start. Yeah. So how long after all that happened before you were,
2: you know. I was right into, uh. They, they were doing, um, Oklahoma was doing something at Gruber. It was like a, like a two week deal, maybe a week, two week deal at Gruber. Was and, Was um, that like their
1: AT, like their annual training type stuff? Or was that like pre-mode?
2: Yeah, school? I think it was, I think it was part of pre Like, I think they could knock out some of the, some of the tasks yep. that they wouldn't have to do at Shelby. They could knock out some of that there. And yeah. like I said, I rolled right into that. That was like my first time meeting everybody that, you know, met all the guys, okay. um, we uh let's see they put us on a pass after that um and then after that pass it was it wasn't very long it might have, maybe, maybe a week maybe something like that because i don't i don't think we were on I, we might have been on the actual orders uh to go on that yeah so i guess they did put us on a pass when i, passed, I went back home for a week came back went back to Stillwater. Where HHC was at for one seven nine, and then got on a bus, drove all the way back across Arkansas, hmm. and um, went to Shelby, and hung out there for a little bit. Yeah, so, it was. Oof, you, it was pointless. Yeah, it,
1: Shelby was absolutely pointless. So you, and then you <laughs> and you never ended up in Ropers then either. Then so
2: no. The two times no, you I went to Shelby,
1: you never went there. <laughs>
2: the two times, never Damn, did. Man. No. Man. If I had you known you back did. then,
1: I would have told you, like, dude, go to Rovers It's sick.
2: Uh, <laughs> I would have. I promise yeah. I would have. Had anybody brought it up, right. I don't think any more guys ever went. I feel like I'd have heard about it. But, yeah. But, no. Did the Shelby deal, same thing. Kind of hung out at Biloxi, and, you know, it's kind of deja vu. Just getting on a big plane and, you know, went to so Kyrgyzstan. So.
1: You guys left from Shelby straight to deploying over to Afghanistan?
2: Yeah, okay. yeah. when we got done there, like, so we did our pass, and we went, uh, where was it? It was somewhere, you know, there's an air base or an airfield or something, not far from Shelby. So we got on buses. Yeah. And it wasn't a very long drive, and then we got on a big commercial flight, like, on this little yep. out-in-the-middle-of-nowhere airstrip, really. Yeah, because we, w- we, went, we went from Shelby to
1: NTC, and we did two weeks of training in NTC, too.
2: Oh, uh, yeah, no, we went to Polk okay. during that time while we were at Shelby. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know how I could forget Polk. Yeah, God bless. No, yeah, we went, <laughs> went to Louisiana. Uh, yeah, we went and hung out in the box for a little bit down there. Oh, okay, so you went to JRTC. We did, yeah, we went down there and did that that little rotation.
1: Yep. So we, yeah, like yeah. I just said. Because we went from Shelby to NTC in California, and then after we did NTC and got – you know, blessed off by all the big army right. guys there. And then they're like, yep. yep, this guard unit's ready to deploy. Then we yep. went from California to Bangor, Maine. And that's when we got. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that's when we got on that commercial flight and fucking uh, went overseas. So. Yeah. We
2: just. Yeah. We went to Polk and then did our deal there and everything went good. Like I said, it wasn't bad for us. Uh, cause they tried, I think, utilizing scouts and snipers, you know, for the box stuff. Yep. To. Better than better than what I expected was gonna go. They they kinda left us alone and was like, you know, we need you here, we need you there. They they didn't try and, you know, piece us out. But uh That's good. But we went yeah, we did that and then we went back to Shelby for a little bit. We weren't there very long, but then yeah, we then did our pass and then got yeah, got on a bus and went to a plane not far from Shelby and uh yeah, then we flew over and landed at Kyrgyzstan.
1: Dude, so Kyrgyzstan because we we went to when we were when we left Bangor, Maine, we went find because we got put on this commercial flight, and I've told a story on the WCB podcast, I think. Um, but uh, our flight, man, it was like it was a like a commercial flight, like you were saying. But I looked over on the yeah. wing, and there was like duct tape on it and shit. I'm like, oh great, <laughs> yes. Dude, we're gonna freaking die yes. for it and get there. Like there were like old yeah. old planes that airliners didn't want anymore or they took out a service and like yeah take this for soldiers to deploy yeah you know so load this down they... with
2: all the people yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> so i don't know if they donated <laughs> them or what but kyrgyzstan <laughs> kyrgyzstan was interesting too because it just rained the entire time we were there but uh yeah the chow hall was the shit did you have any egg salad sandwiches while you're in kyrgyzstan
2: Oh, I'm sure I did. Dude. Uh, I I, I felt like we were there for like two and a half weeks, and I felt like I ate the whole time. Yeah, I did too. But I
1: remember distinctly that the egg salad sandwiches were like the best sandwiches I've ever had in my life. (laughs) I don't know if it was just because I was hungry, super hungry every time I went in in there, but I remember those egg salad sandwiches being so fucking good, and I ate those all the time, and I was just farting for like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> two, for like two weeks before we <laughs> left Kyrgyzstan
2: yes. in the full-size Snickers bars that they had in the child. That was pretty sick. i tell you what I remember from Kyrgyzstan, and that was the uh, freaking $20 massages you could get. Like, oh. did you ever go get a massage in Kyrgyzstan?
1: Uh, no, I didn't partake in the massage. I wish I would have.
2: <laughs> yeah, you should have. <laughs> it was... I'd never had one before, you know, and like we get there and a couple of guys went and got, some. I'm like, you hey, what kind of massage is this? Like, is this like a, you like, nah. Like a fun one? That's or... a real deal, you know, more... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right, I was like, okay, that's cool, you know, I'll go, whatever, and yeah, sure as shit, 20 bucks gets you like an hour freaking massage, you know, I was like, you know, local, local women there, I'm like, really, this I... Is, I don't ever want to leave, I don't want to leave Kyrgyzstan right. Right? How do I don't get stationed here? But, you know, it was just a small air base. You know, it's yeah. all Air Force guys that ran the place. Yeah. But, were the masseuses hot? Uh, yeah, I'm, I guess. Oh, okay. They were, they were all right. But,
1: <laughs> after the deployment, maybe they got hotter, I don't know.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Had yeah. you gone there, possibly, if you'd have flown in there, yeah, after about 10s all around. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Damn. No, yeah, I, I missed out just... on the
1: massages, man. That fucking kind of pissed me off now. Yeah, you
2: did. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i
1: Bet you I bet you all my squad leaders and shit got a massage though. And they just didn't tell us
2: about Probably, it. Probably they just didn't yeah, they didn't tell you. Yeah. because you were
1: a team leader. You're like, hey, I'm one that of the one of the cool yeah, guys. I'm a was... fucking NCO, man. Take me to the NCO club. I was
2: in that NCO club. Yep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're out there plus yep. E four and below, they put they, yeah, they put c Four is in charge of all the privates to go load shit up on the planes and get all of our stuff ready. Well, all the NCOs have got massages.
2: Yeah, we have there get massages. Yeah, yep. like, get that plane loaded up, boys.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Wait, we're the leaders here, so we need to be primed before we deploy. Because otherwise, who's nah. leading these guys? You know, if I don't have my, we gotta
2: have a sound bond. Yeah, yeah. I can't. <laughs> I can't deploy with a knot
1: in my back
2: and a kink in my neck. Come on. <laughs> Uh, that, yeah, that's probably exactly what took place. Now Makes that sense. you mention it, that's probably, yeah. And it do what,
1: that really does make sense because now that I'm thinking about it, I don't remember seeing my fucking leadership a whole lot while we were in Kyrgyzstan. <laughs> I remember them being in a lot of meetings. Were yeah. yeah, I remember them being in a lot of bullshit meetings. Now I get it. Now I'm pissed.
2: But, yeah, that was a deal. Yeah, <laughs> could you get drinks whenever you were there? Could we get drinks? I remember you could get, yeah, you could get, uh, there was like a two-drink limit. What the um, fuck? Swear, no. there was a bar there. What? Yeah. there what dude your Kyrgyzstan no. trip was
1: way better than mine this sucks. And mine was right after yours. It wasn't like I went ten years later. It was right. I was the next unit behind y'all, dude. What the uh, hell? It's probably because we went to Ropers. And like these guys can't handle their beard. Probably <laughs> they are gonna start fighting Kyrgyzstan yeah. and stuff, and we don't need that. Yeah,
2: they they probably shut that down. Yeah, when I would come in there, like, nah, we'll we'll close up shop for a little bit. Yeah. It's only a couple weeks.
1: I heard what happened in Mississippi. We're shutting it down.
2: Yeah, I
1: started making. Yeah, now you could.
2: Like they'd scan your card, your ID card, or whatever, and it uh, kept up with it, you know, on some kind of tracker or whatever. But yeah, you yep. could get, uh, you could get like a couple beers or a couple mixed drinks or whatever, a couple wines or whatever, and like you just go find the guys that didn't drink, you know, and get their ID card, and yeah, I and mean, that yeah. wasn't bad. Dude, was that's awesome.
1: No, I had no idea. That's fucking wild. Now I'm kind of sad. That <laughs> out on all that fun stuff. Cause, yeah, I mean, when I was in Kuwait, we went to uh, Qatar. I went to Qatar for like two weeks for R and no. R from Kuwait for some reason. But in in Qatar, uh, we could have t- we could have a couple of drinks. So it's the same kind of thing. But not in, not oh. before Afghanistan. Last time I drank yeah. was in was in Mississippi. <laughs> so.
2: <laughs> Ropers could have been your last, <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> have, oh gosh, yes. my last memory with alcohol, and I was like, I and, and grand. I was also I was nineteen, so I guess that right. might have yeah, something to do with drink, it anyways. too. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't have drank at the NCO club with you guys, anyways. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, but yeah, now we yeah. went from there and then flew into to bagram and hung out there for you know. I don't know how long we hung out there. A few days, a week, maybe something like that. Yep. And then just started uh, started kicking out to Metterlom. And yep. uh, yeah, that's when we started replacing y'all. So, um,
1: did you you guys' whole platoon went to Metroland, right?
2: Yeah. So we started out. Yeah. All of us went there, and um, you know we were doing the left seat, right seat, and um, <laughs> I remember. Uh, we got there and, um, yeah, your sniper six instructor was talking about smoking a dude off of a zipline. <laughs> <laughs> that was like the first, that was like the first conversation. I remember I was sitting there, you know, in the corner back there where the bee huts were, and, uh, he was talking about that. And I, like, stopped what I was doing. I was like, You said zipline? He's like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, What is this? What? I'm like, yeah right off the zipline. I'm like, what is this? What is going on? over here? Where are we, dude? This is, yeah. this is crazy. <laughs> That's what I was like, man, this is actually the real building. And I mean, they yeah. got guy's coming in on, on ziplines
1: yeah. and stuff. So I mean, I, uh, know, I'll, I I take, I take Boer's word for it for sure, but I, I didn't see it. I wasn't there for the zipline mission. I didn't see the zipline, I guess. <laughs> but no, I remember, I remember him telling that story too. I'm like, no fucking shit. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, couldn't oh, believe it. Yeah. I was like, damn. All right.
3: So so, so this you, is where we're at.
1: Yeah. So you you ripped in with us, like you did the your left seat, right seat, right with all of us. Um so yep. you you mainly worked with Boor probably,
2: right? Since you were well, so I was section. still Well so I was still a team leader in the scout platoon. And Oh, so you weren't in the sniper section? No, but we were ended up we weren't there very long, we got shorthanded in the sniper section. Yep. And I ended up playing like both roles. So, like, I had a really good team. Like, I had some really squared away guys. Like, one of them we picked up, uh, French, he, we picked him up from, uh, how was that at Shelby, the Warrior Training Platoon? You remember that? Like, there's, was, it was just like pretty much the, like, box of misfit toys where it's like guys coming in that want to go on deployments and like, oh, yeah. A unit that would come through, needed somebody, and they'd pick a guy, you know, pretty much. Yep, yep. Um, We had, we ended up, like, one of the last nights we were at Shelby. um, Hopefully I don't get in trouble for saying this. Like, we got freaking hammered. Um, (laughs) Like, one of the last nights we were at Shelby, and uh, one of our really good dudes, like, he fell off like a top bunk and broke his ankle. And we were down a guy. And needed a guy, and I think that's how we got French. I'm pretty sure. So, okay. this dude from California, like, it was so he had been to Afghanistan twice in the last two years, and oh. he came back. He just kept doing a damn rotation Jeez. out of his warrior training platoon. I don't know how he'd done it, but he did. And <laughs> like I said, he'd went, he was in like northern Afghanistan, I think, both times. Mm-hmm. Um, the time before. Uh, he went with Georgia once. I don't remember who else he went with, but he went with Georgia once and somebody else another time and he was back and he was doing another one, his third time in Afghanistan in four years. Jeez. And uh we're like, yeah, we want that guy. Obviously. <laughs> yeah, so we snatched him up. So I had him and my team and um like I said the other the other few guys I had were freaking top notch. They were solid. So, like, I was able to go because I had an M24, I had an ERB, um, or an EBR, sorry, mm-hmm. the, the M14, that, that deal, I had that. And, yep. uh, they, uh, gave us the, uh, the XM 2010s, you know, right before we left Shelby, mm-hmm. those 300 mags. And nobody knew anything about them. Like, it was literally the week before we left, two civilians rolled in with, like, some black pelican cases <laughs> and they're like here's some 300 bags i'm like huh, all right Absolutely. you know and it's a mill-to-mill scope and like you know we're all used to moa this and moa that and like like i said we and the civilians that come and gave us that, like they didn't have a clue either they were just there like and us that you know we had a few days in the range with them you know and we'd figure stuff out with them but so we had those floating around um but like I said, I had an M24 and an M14 and I kept those with me and I got to float around between the two. Like if we had, like I said, cause they kept us all together starting out when we got to better they yep. kept us, we were all together, uh, mission dictating. They, they'd send us out like you go support alpha, you go support Charlie. Cause I think Bravo, they'd sent Bravo somewhere else. Did um, Nick Torquem gate or something yeah it was yeah, cause cause it was somewhere not around Melam yeah. like it wasn't in yeah. it wasn't in Nerulom. it wasn't up there it wasn't i don't know
1: it's probably I don't know where they i don't remember where they went it's probably to gigs that's where that's where we sent our bravo company was Torkum I'm sure Gay. yeah that was, I'm sure we that was like right I'm sure we married y'all. yeah that was right on the border of Pakistan yeah and you know it was a good place for them
2: well that's that's where they'd sent them and like i said we would go and we'd kick a team or two here and go help alpha up there. And then we'd go kick a team or two to Charlie. But then we started getting into the, the aerosol missions that you were talking about. We started getting into those pretty quick Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, they were just letting us roll. I mean, like get on this black Hawk. Yeah. Pack your trash and we'll see you in a week. You know, you guys, when you guys, um,
1: came over to us. It was like I mean, it was still fighting season. So yeah, like it was still yeah, pretty. It was, hot. it was still pretty hot when we were when we were leaving. I remember being like, "Fuck, man!" Like because I was a driver, um, so I had to stay back with and do let's see, ride right, right with all you guys. But yeah, I got stuck driving around your guys' is, uh company X or your XO. Your ex- yeah, I think I got stuck driving around your guys' XO for. A few uh, quite a few times and uh so yeah, so I had a lieutenant and I I think I got your guys' as fucking like all the not you guys. I didn't r- really rip in with you guys a whole lot. I got stuck with all the admin uh, the other side of guys. And I remember yeah. driving around and doing shit and I'm just like, Fuck dude, like everyone's gone. Like all my buddies are gone. They all left Afghanistan already. I'm stuck back here with my, my squad leader <laughs> and all the other leadership. It's just the drivers and the i guess platoon level leadership doing the left seat right seat ride right with you guys and i'm like dude I'm gonna, right. get, I'm gonna get blown up out here or something crazy is gonna happen and <laughs> i'm gonna fucking die before i get home like this sucks dude <laughs> yeah
2: I, I could be on that long plane ride home yeah yeah
1: Because we've already been but doing we've been doing it for a while you know and then you guys come in and it's like you know we're trying to and we're trying to we're like trying to Tell you guys what's going on and how it's going and what we've been doing and all that stuff. And then in the back of my mind, I'm like, fucking, just hurry up and be, and say that you're ready so we can leave. You know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. We we were ready too. I was yeah. like, we, we want to do
2: our own stuff now. Like, yeah, y'all are y'all are good too. We'll see you. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so but, I mean how how was that, I guess? Because I missed out on the left seat racist ride getting in because I was I was late getting into Afghanistan. So when we replaced uh I can't remember the other unit that we replaced. What the fuck? Wherever they're from, but they were a bunch of rough dudes too, but they didn't, from what I heard from the guys that did a lot of talking with them and, um, train, they like, did all the left seat, right seat, right with those guys. The way they were running it was we didn't, we ran it the same way as them for a while until we decided that it was better to collapse the whole, uh, reconnaissance platoon down to Metterlom and run it that way. Was it Nevada?
2: It might have been Nevada. It might have been. Because there was a a guy that I went through sniper school with, uh, Finch. He was in Nevada. Nevada or California was one of the two. It wasn't Um, California. I know that. So it it must have been Nevada. Um, He ended up, that's where they went. And, like, it was, I found out while I was over there, you know, and and messaged him. He's like, because they they did the deal where what you're talking about, you know, they'd split up. You know, they left a scout and a sniper team you know, like, you know, up at Nerlom and, you know, yep. the other places with Alpha and Charlie. Yep. And um, he stayed with Alpha, you know, up on the, the Northwest. In, and in the jeel Shit. Yeah, he got a damn, like, article wrote about him, like in the American Rifleman magazine or something. Like, oh, yeah? Uh, he got a broad, the Bronze Star with Valor, like, all sorts of stuff. <laughs> yeah, he was telling me about it. I was damn. like, oh, I can see that. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. Damn. So.
1: Dude, like half, like, uh, I shouldn't say half, but a few dudes from my platoon got bronze stars with V's. We had a couple of snipers get them. And, mm-hmm. oh, fuck. I can't, I don't, I think, um, I think my platoon sergeant might have gotten one. I don't know, but. Anyways, that's that's also But yeah, like when we were ripping it with those guys, they the way they did it, we did it like that for a little while, and we we're like, ah, we're gonna collapse down, so we collapsed down the whole reconnaissance platoon to the to Metterlam. Yep. And we ran it like that, and that was awesome, having all of the the platoon back together and just kind of working out of Metterlam. And if right. if Alpha needed, as it should have been, yeah, and if Alpha needed some some sniper support or reconnaissance support, they would contact all of us in that alarm, And then we'd be like, yeah, okay. How many do you need? Do you need a, a whole team? You just need a couple of snipers? What do you need? And we just did right. like that. And we ended up running a lot of our own missions, just our own, yeah, our platoon missions and
2: shit. And yeah. Yeah. That's when that good aerosol stuff started coming in. Yep. Just yeah, get on this black Hawk. And you know, for the first few times it was, yeah, you can, you know, you only had to take a couple Afghan army, you know, the ANA, you only had to take a couple of them, but then mm-hmm. like towards the end, uh, I was like, you got to take this whole team and, you know, we were taking, like, it went from Blackhawks to Chinooks and, you know, we're landing, dropping 20 guys on a, you know, a hilltop or a mountaintop somewhere. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it just got a little more confusing there towards the end, but, but yeah, it was good to be able to run our own stuff. You know, everything was like a supporting mission. Like, we're going to go clear out, you know, this valley, you know, we're going to, you know, line units going to push through here. We need you here and, you know, three or four days ahead of time. And, you know, it's some actual, like, real stuff. Yeah. (laughs) That's just what took me back when we started. You know, it was like, yeah, this is the real deal. Like, we're laying here, like, in ghillie suits and behind rifles and, like, literally doing our job. Like, it was Doing actual sniper shit and
1: actual fucking army shit, honestly. Right yeah no, that, that's how that's how we felt too because when i had no idea because that was my first deployment i never deployed to iraq or anything like that and that afghanistan employment like we're we were i don't know we got to afghanistan and i think we got in our first firefight like a week after being there but we got there in october so it was getting yeah. towards the tail end of fighting season
2: things were gone down yeah
1: because yeah. then winter came around and it wasn't too crazy. We got in a couple of firefights here and there and wasn't too wild. And then come springtime, then it's like, holy fuck. And then <laughs> it <shit> just started popping <laughs> I was off. Like, and,
2: where are these guys, been? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. And we were just in a, in that situation where like, I remember a lot of the guys that were active duty, like, cause Boer was active duty before and, you know, Roe deployed to Iraq. And we had a couple of Eric Schmidt deployed to Iraq and a couple of other dudes that have been to Iraq and. They said, yeah. like, they're like, this is the real deal. Like, this is yeah. a real a real deployment and a real combat deployment. And I'm like, okay, cool, nice, all right, whatever. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, like, that whole ha- thing happened. But then I, I ended up going active duty, and I remember a lot of them saying, like, hey, you're not going to like it. <laughs> you know, like, the yeah. guys that you were with in Afghanistan, all of us, you're not going to find this in active duty unless you go, like, SF or something, probably. Just right. the, the camaraderie we had and the way we worked together was was just yeah, really exactly right. And it sounds like it's the same with you guys. Like, you guys were all, and even for you, because we had a couple Oregon guys from the Oregon Guard come and plus us. Yeah. up And they melded right in, and it was great. It sounds like it's kind of the same situation with you with Oklahoma. Like, you guys just all worked really
2: well together. and Very well. Yeah, it, it matched good. You know, being a smaller unit, and mm. like, you know, they had already done their tryouts and stuff. You know, prior to me getting there, you know, they got to handpick pretty much who they wanted prior to that appointment. Yep. And yep. it worked out good. Like I said, 95% of that whole, you know, both sections of scout teams and the snipers everybody was solid. I mean, it was it was good, and everybody was pretty like-minded. Everybody got along, mm-hmm. and that, that made a big difference. Big yeah. difference. So
1: how, how long – after you got there, when was your, like, I guess, when was your guys' first firefight? Was it when we were still there?
2: No. Like, I, um, I not remember if we got any firefights yeah, we never while took we were doing left seat right seat ride. Yeah, we never took any contact uh, while y'all were there. I know one time uh-huh. we went, um, you were the, um, was it, you say, Burr? Bur, bur, yeah. Burr? Bo- yeah. Burr. Yeah. 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 So he was, he took us out one day. And we go up, we park somewhere down the road, just a little ways, get out, walk up this hill. And he just pops a purple smoke and he's like, <laughs> all right, uh, it's about to happen. I'm like what? What? Yeah. Get ready. <laughs> he's like, we always take contact up here. You know, it was uh it was across the road is across the Valley from the radio tower. Yep. And, um,
3: <laughs> he's oh, like, yeah, they're going to yeah. shoot
2: us from over here. And, uh, yeah, they never did. I was no. so disappointed there, and he was too. You could tell he was—he was pissed. He's like, <laughs> "Yeah, I mean, I really wanted to be here when y'all got your first, but uh, I guess it's not going to happen today." We guess, just packed up and went I back. Guess see you later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that yeah. was it. Yeah, yeah. So, so you guys—you guys we went you guys went
1: to the radio tower then. Yeah, that was in. Uh, yeah,
2: we were across the road.
1: Yep. Yeah, we went. Yeah. We went. We went into that valley. Fuck, dude. Probably like a lot i can't even remember how many times we got in the valley but i remember i remember when we first got to that valley um this is after because i was in third squad and we were in uh at first and then we got collapsed down pretty early um to metterlam and then we went to metterlam and i don't know how we decided to because oh i remember because we were talking there was talks with the last unit. They're like, hey, never, don't go in this valley because there's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of shit in that valley. Like whenever we even get close to that valley, we t- get contact. So when we got to Metterlam, my squad there and some of the other guys were like, well, let's go check out this valley. Kind of like, don't go yeah, to Ropers. You're going to get in a fight. They're yeah. like, hey, don't go in this valley you're going to get in a fight. Like, well, we're here to fight, so let's go uh, see yes. what's happening in this valley. And, yeah, yeah we got yes. to the, I remember we got to the mouth of the valley, and we started seeing some of the villages, like, you know, all – the villagers and stuff. We got there and we started taking contact. It's like, oh shit, they weren't lying. Yeah, they weren't. Yep. Yeah, they weren't joking. So oh, we, we went in there too. Yeah. So then we took oh, it personally, it and we just kept going back and forth, back and back to it, back and forth, <laughs> until we finally we did end up clearing that whole valley. Eventually, i like, okay, we made it the end. Like, nice, good job, team. Like, then that's that. And then we left. Like, we just wanted to clear yeah. it. Like, that was one of our was... one of our deployment goals. Like, it was clear this valley in between missions, like when we're not doing anything else, we'll come hit up this valley and just try to clear it. But uh,
2: yeah, that's exactly, it. we tried that once and, uh, it wasn't us that tried, I think it was Charlie company that was wanting to do it. And, um, I happened to be so, oh, what was the name of the road that you go up? The one that went North up to where Charlie company was at, um, oh, halfway up it, there was a, uh, Afghan police station that was like a checkpoint or whatever, you know, and it's this three story building in this little village. And yeah, you know, people ran, I think Charlie company ran a platoon out of there. They do a rotation in there. Well, they had, they wanted snipers to do a rotation on that roof. Like for during a certain period of time, So, we ended up doing rotations through there. So, Um,
1: real quick, did you guys set up, like, an outpost there? Or you guys just cycled in and out
2: of that? There was one, yeah, that Charlie Company had set an outpost there. Oh, no shit. And, um, yeah, because, you know, part of their deal was, like, training the Afghan police that were going to be there. And um, it being, that somehow or another, there's some intel that come through that, like, you know, a V-bed was going to crash the gate. Yep. And they wanted somebody up there with, uh, with one of the Barretts. So it's like, we took our one Oh sevens. And like I said, like two of us would do rotations during for like, I don't know, like five weeks, maybe something like that. Like we would do like a week long rotation or whatever up there. Hmm. And, uh, I happened to be there whenever Troy company decided they wanted to go push through that Valley. Now you're talking about mm-hmm. the one that no one goes in Yeah. And there there was some EOD guys that had came through. I think they were active duty. Uh, They had come in the day before, and um, they were going to go on this push. You know, they needed EOD guys or whatever. Well, they didn't have a gunner in their truck. And uh, I got a hold of uh, the platoon sergeant back at Metterlob. I was like, can I go? He's like, I don't care what you do. I was like, (laughs) All right, so I, don't care what you I told do. the PL, <laughs> I told that PL that was there. I was like, "I'm gonna go with those EOD guys." You know, I was like, the, "They need a gunner." You know, this and that. I was like, "There's a," and I had a, there was an E4 that was staying with me on the roof. That was, he was more than qualified to shoot that freaking Barrett. Mm-hmm. So, the PL was like, "Yeah, it's fine, whatever." You know, the more the merrier. So I get in the truck with his EOD guys. Those guys, those guys are <laughs> fucking pretty cool. <laughs> Oh yeah, they did not give a shit no. whatsoever. No they didn't. <laughs> and uh they're like Yeah, we got a we got a two forty days. We least shot it in a long time. You might uh wanna look at it. I pulled it out and it is freaking rusty. <laughs> See, I was like oh, no I don't shit. have time to do this. I freaking <laughs> I was a damn gunner on a M MRAP with my M one ten. Like <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it worked out. I mean I ended up doing some work with it like while we were going through it because we were taking some contact it was not very we hadn't been it was the first day of this little push we were like seven vicks maybe all together and we're going in this like i said the valley that no one goes in Yep. and yeah we weren't in there very long started taking contact like rounds start bouncing off the mrap and i'm like yep. where is this Cause This is a long ways away you know like and i look up and i thought i seen mobile flash so i'm like yeah Good thing I got a 10 power scope. Right. And yeah, I was like, that poor bastard's not expecting this. <laughs> yeah, no and, shit. Uh,
3: yeah.
2: yeah, so it ended up being a pretty interesting. I think we were in there like three days. I mean, it was, yeah, it was crazy. Like I said, I just me and two EOD guys. Did you guys stay there? Doing, Did you guys like, yeah, like, we oh, yeah. Stay, stay the we, night there Yeah, because it took us, yeah, because my truck, like, it, it got shot up bad enough where we had a flat. Oh. So we didn't make it much further from where we took the first contact, you know, trying to get that changed. And we ended up standing out there, took contact there, and got up the next day, uh, pushed in a little further. We had to wait on – I think we had to wait on the company commander to come in. He ended up come rolling up. <laughs> So that was like Sup, sir? a long time we said. But, yeah, <laughs> luckily he brought a JTAC with him, though. That was oh, a good nice. Thank God, yeah. Then we but, start uh, dropping bombs. Oh, and we did yeah. that, that evening. We dropped some, like, six in one place. Like it, was, it was good. Um, part of it's on, I don't know if you ever watched or not, there was a guy out of, I want to say, Charlie Company. He was an E4, but really good with cameras and whatnot. I mean, that might've been his, what he was going to college for or whatever, but like he ended up doing a documentary. Um, yeah,
1: I, I didn't watch it, but I've heard of it and I think it got fucking, yeah. like, it was pretty popular. I think it, it, yeah. took well, that really was well. my deployment.
2: Like part yeah. of it, you know, like you, you could see, and he ended up being on that push that we went into that valley with. And like, there's sometimes you could see, like the suppressor on the 110, like whenever they start dropping the bombs and they were just right up the mountain. Like I said, mm-hmm. thank, thank God he brought that JTAC. Yeah. JTACs are
1: awesome. <clears throat> but when yeah, whenever, whenever we went in that Valley, we always, we rolled out in our vehicles the first time I think, and took contact and we're like, okay, well that's a hotbed of activity. So then we started, right. we, we had the idea that we're going to do it dismounted. So we, we, Whenever we rolled in there, we would roll out, kind of get to the last point that we cleared, I guess, with vehicles. Set up a vehicle patrol base and dismounted out from there and kind of fought our way through, dismounted that way. And then every time we made some ground, we
2: just moved the patrol base up and up and up. That is, yeah, that's what we did that last day. Like I said, when we took contact, we were all out. Like it was like me and a couple Afghan police guys and that JTAC. We're starting white, and we were like way up front for some reason. I don't know why, but you know, whatever. Yep. And just rounds start pinging off the freaking mud walls next to us. Like, yeah, all right, well, okay. and they he gets somebody on station, and uh, yeah, we just start picking out targets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just sitting there with my binoculars, like, yeah, there's muzzle flash up there. Yeah, he brings one in. I think he had an F15. I think's what he had on on the racetrack there, but mm-hmm. yeah, it was good. It we was a, it was an interesting evening. Yeah. I can't remember. I don't think we ever brought in fixed wings
1: over there. Cause we, we didn't have J with us when we were doing that. But whenever we mm-hmm. started getting in like really hot and heavy fire, we would be fighting, fighting, fighting. And then, um, we'd call up the you know, after we got in a fire, like after we get called in, you know, troops in contact, then the vehicle patrol base would class down and move up to where they could. And if they could support us, they would, But we, whenever it got, like, to the point where, like, hey, you know what, we need some fucking support here, we always called up, and it seemed like the kaya was, those little little birds. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Those little fuckers. Like, those guys were spun (laughs) up so fast. Like, we would call it in, be like, hey, you know, troops in contact, we need um, air support over here. We tried calling in, like, uh, artillery strike C4 in there, but we were just out of of range for artillery. So then those little birds came screaming up out of nowhere, like, hell yeah, nice.
2: Dude, those, guys are, those guys, those guys, are shit. Well, they were. <laughs> they were awesome. Oh, they were good. They were really good. Yeah. They uh guy, uh, I got one really good story about them. It was, um, uh, it was towards the end. Like, and this is what kind of surprised me was it was we went to Dallas Shaw. Did y'all ever go up there? Don't uh sure. It wasn't far from Dallas Shaw. We went up there. It was like a northwest part of our AO but uh it was towards the end i don't i don't even know why we went up there but we did another big airsoft deal and it was one of those where we had to you know drop the ramp on schnooks we had so many freaking people and we get up there and first day like like i said it was there was dudes everywhere with rpgs and ak's they were all like two clicks out you know everything was too far to shoot at mm-hmm. and uh like I don't guess they understand what, you know, because I guess they one not have been up there in a while. And hey, we just started <laughs> dropping bombs and stuff. And uh, we uh, we didn't have anybody on station at the moment. And I found a few guys that were way up in the mountains on the other side. They were like four clicks out. And uh, JTAC comes over, and he gets the little birds going. He gets the kawas going. And they get up there and dude, they go black on their, like their little 2.7 <laughs> millimeter rockets or whatever. Yeah. Like they shot, they shot like this big and, and I've got it on video too. Um, I had a, I took a video camera with me and, uh, I've got all this on video. It's like, they make a horseshoe around where the guys are and the JTAC's like, yeah, put it right in the middle of that horseshoe you made, you know, and they back up and they end up going black shooting into that, like runs out of all the rockets, um, the other one's got – the other one has a Hellfire and a fifty cal. And then the other little bird, the other I had just all rockets, I think. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, yeah, you know, good hit or whatever, you know. And they're starting to go off station. They're starting to go away. And I'm still on the spot and scope, and I see a guy coming down the mountain. I'm like, whoa, wait, hey, yeah, got one, you know, still one left. You know, and he's, like, running down this freaking mountain. And he gets into the village, and we're watching him, watching him jtag's still talking to i think their call sign was seamus um he's he's still talking to them and he's like yeah go ahead and come back like there's seven dudes and i, I was looking i was like i'm pretty sure they're digging like and it looked like you know like i said it's still three four clicks out but i was like it looks like they're digging and sure enough the kyle was come back and fly over and like yeah roger uh Yeah, that's definitely weapons cachet. See a lot of guns down there. (laughs) (laughs) So all they have is that Hellfire. They're out of 50 Cal. They're out of the rockets. All they have is that Hellfire. So I think to shoot a Hellfire at the time, um, you had to get the tank commander's initials, I'm pretty sure, was what that was. Oh, really? And luckily, like this deal that we were on, was a battalion-wide freaking mission. Like, there was four or five valleys, like, different companies and stuff, and everybody was clearing out. So we had comms with the BC, <clears throat> and tell him what's up. And sure enough, he gives them. He's like, yeah, whatever, whatever I got to do. And uh, so JTAG gives the okay to the Kiowa pilot. And they're, like I said, they're just hovering overhead the whole time, like, just watching these guys. There. You see one of them just, like, put it in reverse. He just backs what? up. Yeah, and just shoots a freaking hellfire. I was like, God, oh, that's. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking a good hit. Like, got them, yeah. and they're flying around still, and we're hearing we're hearing gunfire. Like, the JTAC, he's sitting right next to me, and he's like, "Are y'all taking fire? You know, Shameless, y'all taking fire?" He's like, "Oh, uh, no, that's my." This is my co-pilot. He's hanging out the door with his M4 right now, engaging. <laughs> oh, shit, <laughs> like, dude. Oh, my god! <laughs> yeah, they're just making gun runs with his M4, hanging out the side of his Kawa. Like, dude, that's fucking sick. Uh, <laughs> they were literally out of everything. Wow. <laughs> Shooting with M4s, and then they finally, like, yeah, bomb long fuel, you know, or bingo or whatever, you know, so they left. And, yep. That yeah, that ended up setting the tone for like the next seven days. Like that was an interesting, opera. It was good. I mean, like we were going, like we had the barretts. Like I took one. Like me and Para, like we would normally split the barret up and take it. And uh I know, I think another team took a barret too. But we ended up like day two or three, we had to have like you know a freaking ammo resupply of M850 cows. K- <laughs> Holy <laughs> so, fuck! Yeah. That's crazy. It was good. But that was about the only thing we could engage them with. Um, Just because they're so far know. away. Yeah, and they knew where we were, so it's like, you know, that it's like you're giving up your positions. Like, might as well keep them out that far. Right. You know?
1: Yeah. Exactly.
2: I mean, that's a smart move.
1: So. And I mean, but, I, there's something different. I'm sure. I've never been shot at by a 50 cal, but. I'm sure it sounds different. Oh, yeah. Like it definitely impacts a lot different. It, so it's, like, it one of those impacts. things where you're, like, fuck, dude. Like, <laughs> it'll definitely keep someone back. <laughs> you
2: know? They're, like, no, oh, nope, 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 yeah. we're good. Yeah. Yeah you, know, it, yeah, you could miss a guy, and it still do some damage. Yeah. Like, I've I seen that on that trip. Like, it, that was spotting, and one of the rounds went and hit a wall right next to a guy. He was done. Like, it, you know, it, like it that, was, dude. it hit, like, five feet from him. You know, it didn't even hit him. And... Well, I mean, just <laughs> like blowing apart all that, all all the debris
1: and all everything else too, and all and the debris, like, yeah, all that stuff. It's like, yeah, no thanks, no thank yep. you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but yeah, that was that was towards the end. Yeah, I don't, that was, I don't that know was that we cool. ever went. To, I don't know that we ever went there. Yeah, yeah like I said it was though. off of. Guess it was the northwest corner from where we were, from you know, from okay. our AO. It was. The northwest was it still in Magman province or was it in a different province? Yeah, it was in. I'm pretty sure it was still in Logman.
1: Okay. But because we went it into, wasn't too
2: far from Werner,
1: yeah, because we went into Nuristan, that's where Doab happened. But yeah, no, we I don't remember we're going to like Dalisha or anything. Yeah, that was, yeah, that no, was, was one a, of the
2: good ones. In the, it was an interesting deployment, that's for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was, oh, yeah, I was good. Yeah. It was good. Like I said, that's the one I would go back to. Yeah. If I could, if I could pick out of the three, I'd go back to that one in a heartbeat. Yeah. As
1: long as it's with the same guys, that's, that's my thing. Yes. So I'd, I'd, yeah, come back, I would, yeah. I'd come back here with you guys any day, but yeah. Yeah. I, know, I just, it was a, it was a different deal. And like, it just seemed like I'm glad that you guys had the same kind of experience, not necessarily like the, I mean, the fighting and whatever else, but just the camaraderie and having a really solid team. Absolutely. Because it makes everything so much better. Like, when with us, it's like when we were there, I don't know, we, we just, for one, you, I don't know if you necessarily had, we had to adopt a certain personality trait where it's like, we're fine. Like, nothing's nothing bad's going to happen. Like we're going to be good. And then obviously, you know, bad right. shit, when bad shit does happen, it's like, it kind of crushes you a little bit. And you're like, fuck dude, like this wasn't supposed to fucking happen. Like we're the goddamn scout platoon. Like that's not supposed to happen, but then you got to brush it off and deal with it and move on. But
2: yeah. No, yeah and we, there's only a certain amount of guys that, you know, a certain type of guy that can, to, that can do that. Yeah. I'm you know, sure. And, I so luckily, you know, you find most of them, you know, in in smaller units like that.
1: Well, the thing is that those smaller units just uh it breeds a different personality. Like it just brings it out of you. When yeah. you're in bigger bigger units, it I mean, you still, you know, love your team and everything else and you work you work together, but when you're in a small tight-knit platoon like that, it just makes it a different experience. Like you're literally there with your Brothers, you know, like you look at them as your yeah. brothers, and you know pe- that that term gets thrown around like brothers and arms and all that shit a lot. But it literally is like we're family. Like in this moment, yeah. in this space, like we're all a fa- we're, that's it. That's our family. Like, n- our family's yeah. back at home. Like they're back at home, but we need to focus on each other. And like literally, I like we all would have rather seen ourselves die before we've seen them die. You know what I mean?
2: Absolutely. So it's
1: like you need to have that personality trait. You need to develop that when you go over there. Cause we, I've seen, I've seen guys go out there and get in firefights and stuff and they're fine. And then some, I don't know if it's the, the constant, um, I guess stress of battle or what, but you, you see, like I've seen it with a couple of guys where all of a sudden like they were fine. And all of a sudden one day there's like, I can't fucking do it anymore. I'm like, yeah, like, what and do just, you mean? We, we have to, we have to do this. Like I can't, I can't, can't do this anymore. And I'm like, Oh fuck. Yeah. All right. Well, damn, but we got to go. You, you're going to stay then I guess, yeah. but we're, we have to go complete this mission, you know, but, right. and that's another no. thing when
2: someone kind of, you know, declares, you know, their, their attitude towards that. It's like, well, we need him, but do we really need him? You know, it's right. like, well, yeah, mm-hmm. you can't take him after that, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. And we had a guy, and I'm not going to say names obviously, but, you know, we had, we had a guy, what, he was kind of getting in that mindset and we were on a mission and we got in a pretty big firefight and he was a machine gunner and he didn't shoot once. Yeah. And we're like, what the fuck are you doing with all your ammo? Like, we, like, why, why do you have all your ammo left? He's like, I'm fucking, <laughs> I, I, I'm fucking done kind of thing. Like he's like, yeah. and, it, and it was towards the end of the plane, but you're like, God dang. Well, all right, man. Like and you can't yeah, well, you don't you can't judge them. Like it's no hard feelings. That great guy, you know, great American. Right. Did his job for the majority of the time, but when it's when you mentally check out like that, it's better for him to come out and say, like, I can't do this anymore. So at least Yeah, try to
2: push it. Yeah, yeah. and
1: try to push it and get into a situation where, you know, he gets himself killed or someone else killed from or somebody else. Yeah, yeah. From his lack right. of um execution. So it's like right. you know, nothing no poo-poo on people that that's happened to and it's just one of those things that it happens and you never know how you're going to deal with that stuff until you're dealing with it you know yeah so you're in it a... yeah but yeah i know that i mean that deployment definitely kept us busy you know it's one of those it's just it's a busy
2: busy deployment obviously
1: as busy oh it was you, you over as soon as
2: it started yeah i was like God, we're already going home. Like, but, mm-hmm. but I'm ready to go home. But like, man, that was quick. You know? Yeah,
1: yeah. It, it, it was. It was. It it was wild because yeah, it flew by. Especially when it's fighting season for us started kicking up, it's like I couldn't keep track of the days. You know, it just oh yeah. We'd be we'd get back to base and we'd do our thing and refit
2: and then we're back out. Yeah, that's the thing. That was the that was the deal. The the you know versatile part of it. It was like. You know, we'd go do, you know, a week to a week and a half long, you know, aerosol mission where we're up in the mountains and then come back, <clears throat> refit. And then it's like the next day we're doing, we're on, uh, you know, route clearance, you know, with some engineers somewhere mm-hmm. or, um, you know, we're, um, I don't know, helping with some convoy security stuff, you know, trying to get something to try our company. Like we just, you know, being the scout potato stuff, they—I mean, they—they they used us that yep. <laughs> sometimes a little much. Yeah. And uh, it just, like I said, that made it, it was like you said—you just lose track of the day, track of the week. It's like just—I just—I just need to get to the chow hall for a little bit, yeah. and make me a hot sandwich, and I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, but yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, it's just one of those things you kind of start. You look, you don't necessarily look forward to like the end, the culmination anymore. You just get in that mindset where when you're over there, you, you don't, you're not like counting down the days of leaving per se, but you're more or less counting down like, man, I can't wait to get back and get a fucking sandwich or some hot chow.
3: Yeah.
2: You know, it's Yeah, like that. you're you're taking the, the little bites instead of the big bites. Exactly. Like the little bite is all you're looking for, yep. you know? Yeah. Yep. Small victories.
1: <laughs> but, yeah. But, uh, I do like, so I don't want to, we're almost, we're going on two hours now. Uh, I don't want to be yep. rude and take all your, your whole night up here, but, uh, we can sit here and talk war stories some more, or we can, I guess, I, I do want to talk about what you do, what you've been doing afterwards, you know? Cause maybe, yeah. I guess, I don't know. I don't even know what time it is. It's almost, it's almost 10 o'clock 80. here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so maybe this – maybe we need to do a part two sometime. We can talk some more about this because I do love this conversation, but I really want to get oh, into yeah. oh, game, game warden yeah, stuff and police stuff too. Yeah. So, yeah, no, that's good with me. Okay, so we're uh, – so deployment's over. You came back. Did you jump right into being – getting in the police force then? And...
2: Yeah, it was, uh, it was kind of a weird deal, so – I got back, and um, a guy that I knew in my area, um, he was a he was a state trooper, and he had mentioned something like I'd been back not very long, you know, and you got all the sleep built up, you know, especially after having one deployment before, like you you know you accrue more lead time while you're there. Mm-hmm. So I get back and I've got the sleep time, and I'm just kind of running around doing my own thing or whatever, and I run into him one day, and he's like you know, how's Afghanistan this next? He was, he, he was a Marine back in the day or whatever. And, um, we was talking about it and he's like, you know, you ever thought about being a trooper? I was like, absolutely not. No, I haven't. <laughs> and, uh, he's like, man, he's like, we're hiring. And he's like, there'll be some spots open up around here. He's like, you should think about it. I don't know. I guess I thought about it for a little bit and I was, I called him like the next day or whatever. I was like, what do I got to do? You know, of course he kind of, led me through the whole process. I ended up getting hired. You know, I went the whole hiring process for state police was like, once you got in it and got to going through it, it's like, Oh gosh, I've already invested like two months, you know, of interviews and PT tests and stuff like this. Like, yeah, I got to keep going. And, uh, yeah, I ended up getting in and, uh, you know, went to troop school in 2013. Okay. And, uh, you went, went and done that so, and uh so
1: that was pretty big like, pretty much wherever right you got back then
2: oh yeah 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 well, yeah like within a year so why why yeah.
1: didn't you ever you just never even thought about it or considered it or were you like i don't want to be a fucking cop kind of thing or just, then you
2: oh yeah no it wasn't it wasn't the deal like not wanting to be a cop It's just I, no one really in my family you know had been in law enforcement you know it seems like there's a history of you know law enforcement when someone does it like a lot right. of times there's somebody in the family, you know, this and that. and Yeah. I didn't have that. Um, uh, really, I guess like the end goal was SWAT. Like that's what I wanted to do. It, Cause mm-hmm. the, the guy that got me wanted to be, you know, state police, he was on SWAT okay, and that was kind of the end goal. Um, but, and I ended up not getting on SWAT until like the very end of my state police career. Like, That Africa deployment kind of screwed me out of because you got to be, you had to be state police, you had to be a trooper for three years before you could start tryouts for SWAT. Mm -hmm. And at the end of my third year is when I ended up volunteering and going on that Africa deployment, and that set the whole thing back like a year and a half. So, but Yeah. yeah, but no, like I, I, I guess just I don't know the the want to I guess of getting paid to carry a gun again, I guess, you know, Yep. I mean, that, that kind of had a factor in it. Um,
1: no, that, I don't know. That, really. that does make sense. Cause I, I, am the same way. Like I never even considered becoming a cop or anything, but when I got back from Afghanistan, I don't know if it was, yeah, I don't know if I was, it was one of those things where I started looking into it and, uh, local, the, our county sheriff's department was hiring for a deputy when I got back from uh, Afghanistan and I applied and did all the interviews and stuff. And, um, is one of those things where I, at the same time, I was like, I'm either going to become a cop or go active duty. So I put my conditional release in from the national guard. And I also applied to be a, be a deputy, um, right around the same time, I'm like whichever one kind of, ends up being whichever one comes first is what I'm going to take kind of thing. And yep. yeah, the conditional release came back and fucking went active duty. And while I was in Fort Sill for trainings, I had to switch MOS as I ended up being a artilleryman when I was active duty. Oh yeah. So that was lame as hell. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I had, I had to switch to being, being an arty dude. And when I was in Fort Sill, I got a call cause we were allowed as prior service. So I was about to have my phone and shit on me and when we were right. training and whatnot. And I got a call from the sheriff's department like, hey, so yeah, we we, we're, we would really like to hire you and send you to the academy and all that stuff. I'm like, well, sorry, but a little too a little, too yeah. late. I'm in Fort Sill, Oklahoma now. I'm like, late, oh, yeah. okay. Well we'll, just, well, we'll go on with somebody else then. <laughs> like, all right. yeah. thanks,
2: for the, thanks for the offer. Though. I appreciate it. And we've <laughs> done from that, but that's funny. Well, my like I had it narrowed down between two things. Like it was, the, <laughs> it was I was going to barber school or I was going to state police school. It was one oh, of really? two. Like <laughs> I was like, that's funny. Uh, I don't know, like I don't know why I thought barber, but uh, yeah, I never cut. I had a hair in, a day in my life, but I was like, oh, you know, it sounds pretty good to be on boss, whatever yeah. you know.
1: My brother did it. It's probably better. I, my, yeah, my, I, my brother's a barber now. When he got back from the army, he decided to go to barber school. I'm like the hell you don't you've never cut hair before in your life and you've never been <laughs> interested in it
2: He's like i don't know
1: i gotta do something with this gi bill and it seems pretty right, decent that's the
2: thing yeah so yeah like, all right, that's cool. what i had it all lined out yeah gi bill is gonna pay for it i was going to school in jonesboro you know I was like what nine months i think something like that yeah and uh it's like yeah i'm gonna go be a barber you know i already had a place where i was gonna put a shop at and yeah then i started getting calls from the state police it's like well i'll try that out yeah but, yeah i want to the other it's right like, <laughs> I don't know. He just, I don't know. He was not thinking he's still young and yeah, thought you could do anything, but right.
1: So you went state, so you went state police for a while and you, then you deployed to Africa and what, yeah, if you want to touch on Africa real quick, is, is that a, is there, a, how was that? Like, was that wild or was it?
2: Was, no, chill? there wasn't nothing wild about it. It was a good, good vacation. Yeah. Okay. What that was with yep. combat pay. It was, uh, Went to Djibouti, you know, went to the Horn up there and hung out there for nine months. Uh, We had, uh, like, I think we, our little platoon, we done, we rotated in and out of port security. So anytime a, a supply ship for whatever fleet was in the area, like a supply ship would come into port and load up. And it was just our job to shut down that, you know, that part of the port. For three, you know, three or four days, and just do shifts on it, mm-hmm. and it was, oh, it was, it was cake. It nice. was good. <laughs> How long were you we there went for? To nine months. Nine we months, did that okay. nine months. Um, they took, uh, they took about a squad's worth of guys. One time there was, and it was like four of us guys ended up being. We were probably Four qualified. Um, some of us. We went to Somalia for like two weeks, three weeks, something like that, out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, we ended up being security for some CBs that were oh, really? building the road, and uh, but nothing ever kicked off, like I said. I mean, it had the potential, I guess, but, yeah, that was the closest I think we came to, you know, having any actual, you know, I don't know what, if you want to call it fun stuff, I mean, I would, I, any any fun stuff happened, you know. But If, if it was going to happen, that, then, it would have happened then. Yeah, it was not gonna happen where we were on the port. I can promise yeah. you that. Like, but uh, that was that was about it. Came back and uh you know, went back right into my role, state police, um, just just being a road trooper and um finally got to try out for SWAT and got you know, made the made the cut there and uh was on green team and almost had my first year done with that. And, uh, the game and fish possibility opened up mm-hmm. and, uh, so ended up applying there.
1: So real so, quick, before we move on from that, uh, what yeah. was SWAT
2: training? Like, was that, you had to do tryouts? Oh, the tryouts and stuff? Were, yeah. The track. Oh my gosh. That was, that's probably the hardest thing. I don't know. One of, one of the hardest things I've done probably in my life. It oh, was, really? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was three days straight of I'm, – I'm pretty sure it was three days straight. Um, you get there, like, the evening time, I think, on a Friday, and or the afternoon time, and it is just – because there was one, two – there was four of us. Yeah, four guys trying out, and um, it's just a straight smoke sesh, like PT – like going, going, going. You don't mm-hmm. sleep. I think I slept an hour on early Saturday morning on a, on a PT mat. Damn. Um, in the defensive tactics room. Um, dude, I'm telling you, it was intense <laughs> the whole time. Stress shoots. I mean, shoot house stuff, you know, with, um, uh, went blank. Oh, uh, not paintball. I don't know how I could forget that. I'm pretty sure I still have some embedded under my skin, <laughs> but I mean, it was like scenario after scenario at, at this, at some shoot houses at a place. I mean, it was just getting rocked like by all the team guys already, you know, like, yep. you know, they were in there, you know, you get like a mag for your M4 and you get a mag for your pistol and it's like, here's the situation. There's an officer down on the other end. You've got to get to him. Go. And, you know, it's us four guys that's never worked together, ever. No. Oh, you know? Yeah. And it's lose lose situations the whole time, which is good. They're just trying to see who's going to break. Yep. And you're just getting lit up by, like, Ten guys with freaking unlimited ammo with their Jeez. their their nods and you know you're in there like running the wild and stuff God. It's just like dang you're getting lit up. And I still got the picture somewhere of like I took a picture of my legs of like the bruises and stuff. Like like I said, I still had plastic coming out of my arms. Like a year later, yeah. Like it was those rounds don't fuck around. That's for sure. No, they're. <laughs> there you know they're there oh yep. my gosh my gun kept jamming it was it was a long few days and then you got <laughs> obstacle course stuff um you know like i said the stress shoot stuff oh yeah it was like i said it, it was over when it started like you you look around and you're like done you know i was like oh what what? What, just you know, what, just, what just happened what just happened where am i this is wild yeah. Did, I, did I pass well, or what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. And then they, they ended up picking, they picked two guys. They picked me and one other guy at the end of it. And uh, so that was, that was good. Um, like I said, I was, that that's the only part really I miss about state police. I mean, I liked mm-hmm. the work. It was good. Um, you know, day-to-day stuff. But like the, you know, the SWAT stuff. And I was just, like I said, I was just on green team. I wasn't even. I was still on you, know, which probably call probation. Oh yeah, but, but yeah, I mean so you, you, it was the.
1: So you did SWAT for a year. Yeah, just right okay. out a year, I think. Did and, when you uh, when you were in that SWAT role, were you still like uh, patrolling, like regular, like a
2: regular state? Oh yeah, yeah, man? yeah. So yeah, state oh, police. Okay. Yeah, state police SWAT. It's it's a. Uh, it's a sidebar to like, you still do your day to day. You still work your county, you still work your post And, uh, you just have all that gear, okay? In, you know, in, 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 your car. Or I think at the time I had a Ford Explorer. So, you know, it was loaded down with stuff and you just, you could be in the middle of a traffic stop, you know, and get, you know, get a call and you got to go, you know, right. the other end of the state. Okay, all right. You got a warning. See you later. Yeah. Slow down. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. I yep. got some fun stuff to do. And, yep. uh, yeah, you just drive, you know, it could be from one corner of the state to the other, you know, and you yep. just run blue lights and drive all the way to it wherever it's at. You know, most of the time it's just barricaded, you know, stuff. And, mm-hmm. but, did you get uh, any, there
1: was some other cool stuff. Did you get any wild SWAT calls while you're doing it, though?
2: Oh, yeah. There was a few. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah, it was, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's some good ones. It was, like I said, I wasn't too deep into the, the whole action and everything. So like I said, me and this other guy that, that just went through tryouts, you know, we're still, uh, I don't know what you'd call, I don't know, the little, little. we weren't supply guys because they had an actual supply guy. I mean, but we were the new guys. I yeah. mean, you, we, had to, we had to earn our way in and, even when I left, even when I went to game and fish, I still wasn't completely in, you mm-hmm. know. But well, it takes a while, you know, when you get in
1: those specialty roles. Oh, a group that, like you, that! Yeah.
2: Oh, yes. Like and you, all those guys were top notch. I'm talking, you know, they've done it for years, and yep. yeah, that was a that was a pretty tight brotherhood right there. Like, yeah, I mean, you saw you saw, really it, you saw it when
1: you're in the, you know, in Afghanistan, and whatever else, you know, it's like the recon right. platoon is really tight. And I'm sure it took you a little while to meld in perfectly with everybody else. Yeah. Per- like, oh yeah, absolutely. So everyone could get to know you. It's the same kind of thing. Like yep. When you get in those specialty roles and whatnot, like people still side eye you, like fucking new guy. Yep. You know?
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. They don't do anything stupid and don't get us killed. All right. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Stay out of the way. Yeah. But yep. No, there's some other good stuff too. Other than just like, you know, the cause like, you know, going and going and assisting, like you know, U.S. Marshals with stuff, like you know, big roundups, big warrant roundups, and stuff like oh, that. Oh, Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it was fun stuff. It was good. Like I said, that's the one part of state police I miss. That's good.
1: So then you moved uh, down from that role, and the game and fish opportunity came up. Did you? First of all, have you done anything in like biology, wildlife biology, or anything like that or? So, no. So no. So game and fish. Never done like, anything. A game and fish opportunity came up and you're like, fuck it, let throw my name in the hat and see what happens.
2: Right. Yeah, because so the the county that I worked in that I got assigned to right out of troop school was the border and county to my home county where I grew up. So I went too far from home. It was good. And one of the guys that was game and fish in the county I worked, I got to be really good friends with him because, like so said, we worked quite a bit. It was a rural county. Like uh, it's Fulton County. There's – like at the time I was there, I think the total population for the county was 10,000. Oh, wow. so, yeah. you know, it's, it's a pretty rural County and, you know, there's like a deputy on a trooper and like maybe a game warden, mm-hmm. you know, and that's it, you know, for the whole County. So we yes. got to work quite a bit with each other. That's your whole law enforcement. Team. And, uh, that's it for the, for the whole County. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I worked out with the the game warden there quite a bit and like I said we got to be pretty good friends and he uh, you know I got to see how he worked day to day and you know I I grew up hunting and fishing that's all I did that was it Mm -hmm. and uh he got to go do it you know for a job basically you know you're outside you're not you know it's not day to day you're pulling 10 cars a day over and doing the same thing it's not monotonous you know and I got, he finally like he talked to me and talked to me. He's like, I'm telling you you need to try, you know, have cadet school this year, you need to try, you know, this and that and finally an opening come in the, the district, uh, you know, where where he was at. And um I was like, All right, well I'll, I'll try, you know, and went and talked to a couple people and they're like, Yeah, put your name in So I ended up giving state police my <laughs> two weeks, I guess, and <laughs> went in and uh got hired on, I, I, really hired, uh, with game and fish, you know, cause that at the time it was like, you have a, you either got to have a degree mm-hmm. or, uh, or four years of, um, uh, law enforcement experience, whatever, like not necessarily like a state level, but state level help. Yeah. Um, so that four years that I had with state police helped and they hired me, like I said, I went to work right at the gate, got a truck, Got to go on a badge and went to work waiting on the next cadet school to start. And I think I worked two months and then went, ended up going to cadet school. Damn. And, uh, how yeah, was, how went, was, cadet, how was cadet school? Yeah, it wasn't like, so state police troop school was, it sucked for 20 weeks. Like the whole 20 <laughs> weeks was just, it was like, yeah, it was. Rough, yeah. But um, cadet school game of fish, like it was no, it was no freaking joke for like the first three four weeks. Like it was, it it got gradually better as you went on. Like I said, it's a smaller class. Like I think we had twelve or thirteen go through, but it got better as it went on. But man, I mean, there was people quitting. You know, mm-hmm. I think we had like five that quit. Jeez, uh, in the first couple of weeks. Yeah, so, Cadets school. I'm, yeah. Was it
1: you just had to like did you go in there and have to learn all the game laws and all that stuff or was it like <laughs> yeah, PT yeah, sessions get, or what was making them quit and just
2: Oh no, there you got drill instructors and you get you got your di's in there like <laughs> smoking geez, people. I God mean, you're, dang, dude. A, you're just getting smoked your whole life, hit.
1: dude. Ever since you're like fucking 19 or 18, just getting your balls yeah, smoked off you, right, by everyone
2: yeah now that you say that you're exactly right. that's all I've done since since I was nineteen Jeez. yeah I, I think I was thirty was thirty two when I went through i think okay cadet school, so yeah, from pretty much nineteen thirty yeah I'm done with schools like that. I'm not ever going to another one but, <laughs> it's time to chill
1: dude I'm in my'm my, my thirties right. now like I'm fucking ready to rock and roll and just do game fish stuff, I guess. <laughs>
3: So That's this, the plan. But yeah,
1: is there a team in one more time? Yeah. Is there like a SWAT team in Game Fish that
2: you can try out for? No. <laughs> no, I wish, but no, that, there's a dive team, so the dive team for Game Fish is pretty they're pretty good. Um it, go. it's a pretty pretty good team, but uh, yeah. I don't know. I just I really have no time like between that and between you know, now working, you know, working at sniper school and doing Game and Fish, like, having dive call-outs and stuff. Yeah. Because they get called out quite a bit. I'm sure. And I just wouldn't – I wouldn't have had time. Like, ah – no, maybe, I'm good. In, I'm just...
1: maybe, maybe on your fortieth birthday you can go get your ball smoked off one more time in dive school. Right. Wow. One more time. I <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> mean I haven't I haven't been yelled at or told to do push ups for a while. Maybe I should go to dive school. It's been a
2: long time. Yeah. I, I gotta go do something. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So you've been uh so obviously you said you hunt and fish your entire life and that's what kind of oh, yeah. led you to this job i'm sure so yeah yeah, absolutely is it just how is this job like is being game fish is the shit like do you love it or is it i mean yeah every job has headaches but
2: right yeah and this one's just has a lot less i mean it's it's one of those deals you know it's cliche or whatever you know if you love your job you never go to work you know that you know it really is true with Mm -hmm. this one like the, the flexibility of the schedules and like how we get to work and like, you know, like, so we just got done with turkey season. Um, so like towards the end of turkey season, you kind of get burned out working, you know, turkey season stuff. Well, you're going to roll right into boating season. Um, oh, yeah. cause we've got big lakes, we got big lakes and we got rivers in our district. Um, <clears throat> so you go work, you're out on a boat, you know, almost every day. And that's good. And then towards the end of the summer, you kind of start getting a little like, ah, I don't really, you know, it's ready for late season to be over. Well, you roll right into, uh, hunting season mm-hmm. and you know, you've got your dove and then your deer. And then like my County that I've got, I've got waterfowl and oh, yeah. so you roll right into that towards the end of the year, you kind of start getting tired of that. And it's like, well, it's turkey season. So, <laughs> you know, it's just, it really breaks it up. You know, it's, it's, time really does fly like i've been there four years now and it doesn't feel like it at all that's cool it just it's rolled yeah. and uh like i said all the all the toys we get to work with i mean they really they they really take care of us so, so it, it's good
1: are you guys out there like setting up fucking decoys and shit trying to get
2: poachers and stuff or oh, yeah i mean that's happened nice yeah but that's a <laughs> nice. that, good fun part about it too like yeah. Yeah, you know, stuff. Be, getting to be sneaky is good. I mean, I know everybody hates it, but it, you're
1: <laughs> like, dude, I mean, be, I'm a sniper too, so I know I'd be really sneaky, right? <laughs> <laughs> don't
2: be pissed around my yeah, county. I, <laughs> yeah, I haven't got busted yet, you know, sneaking in anywhere. So that's good. That I know of. I'm, I might be on somebody's camera, but they had not right. told me. Yeah, know, right?
1: <laughs> that's awesome. So uh, I don't know. Can you? Tell any fucking wild game of fish stories?
2: I don't think we've really had any anything too crazy. Too crazy. Um, if it is, I've done forgot about it. And just, yeah. is <laughs> it just it's normal stuff, you know, just hiding out on people, watching them do stuff, and then you know rolling up on them. And it mm-hmm. just it's fun every time. It never gets old. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's... there's a lot more. You know, the investigative part is what I wasn't really. You know, as a trooper, you're not really, you know, I wasn't in the CID part. You know, I was just, you know, go right your your seatbelt tickets and that's it. And yeah. with this, it's like you catch a little information on somebody that's doing something like you've got to figure it out. You know, you got to go, you know, put your glasses on and do some snooping. Hmm. And, you know, that's a pretty good part to it too. Yeah. You know, there's cases that are, you know, been going on two or three years, you know, and you get to close one and that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a good part to it. No, that's awesome. That's
1: definitely something. Being, I guess, game and fish would be really interesting because it's just like it's not like yeah, you're not just out there writing. I guess I mean you are writing tickets, but I don't know for some reason it feels like it's more. Oh man, I have a lot of cop friends and stuff too. Um, and my wife's she's a deputy here in our county right so i'm not like poo-pooing on cops but it just seems like it's more legitimate when it's like game fish (laughs) to me because like yeah i I don't know everyone in the it's everyone that hunts no one likes poachers and everything else everyone tries to follow the follow the law and there's a lot of game fish violation, like game and fish laws there is there's a lot of shit to know so it's like being uh, an avid hunter and trying my best as a as a hunter to know all the game laws and when i see people out there breaking them like especially blatantly breaking them it's like mm, these motherfuckers dude oh, <laughs> you know? and that's like, i'm calling the yeah. game fish now <laughs> so it's like it's kind of from my perspective it seems like it'd be a little different because you're getting tips from hunters and you're help you're working with actual like good hunters and ethical hunters trying to kind of weed out the the shitheads that in one, our community that
2: 1% yeah, yeah that
1: that 1% just, yeah. It doesn't seem like there's that much, co- like not as much cooperation in the, I guess, standard law enforcement realm, whether you're state police right. or deputy or town cop or whatever it is. It doesn't seem like there's yep. as much cooperation as there is with
2: hunters and game fish. No, you're, you're exactly right. There's a lot of my good cases come from, you know, well, I didn't want to say this, but, you know, so-and-so, you know, I'm tired of him doing what he's doing. You know, it's not right. And, mm-hmm. You know, it goes from there. You know, and everybody stays anonymous and it's good. But yeah, a lot of my good cases come from, you know, stuff like that. It's just yeah. it, it not not near the same. You yeah. know.
1: because I mean, as hunters, as hunters and fishermen, and outdoorsmen in general, it's like we're really our goal is to make sure that this stuff is here still around to pass down to our children and then for them to pass down the to their children. So in order for that to happen, we need people be found, following, following the rules that, you know, and honestly, when you look at game and fish rules and regulations, a lot of them, some of them don't, but a lot of them make sense. Like, you know, you kind of yeah. trust, you trust your biologists and you trust all the guys in the, you know, in the DNR in, you know, all yes. the wildlife biologists, you trust what they say and the science that they put into it and all the observations they have to put out tag allocations and that stuff. So you want everyone to follow the rules because we all know what happens. We can, we seen it like not too long ago, like, you
0: know, right. a couple hundred
1: it's years ago fresh when, enough. Yeah, when white-tailed deer were damn near eradicated and elk were damn near eradicated. And we all know what happens when people don't follow the rules and Absolutely. take advantage of the land and kind of ravage it and then I mean, we're seeing left. it with
2: turkeys you know right now like you know turkeys they've been on a decline you know for a long time and you know, you've know, got a guy out here that's good at it you know and he takes off the whole month of april you know and he's out here smoking five six seven turkey it's like you know why you, mm-hmm. we don't have the numbers to do that and and what you're doing is making it worse yeah you know it's just yeah stupid that, shit that's the kind of stuff i'm after yeah yeah it's okay you don't have your hunter orange cap on okay you know it's all right we'll talk about it but like you know like that's the kind of person that i'm looking for is the one that's out there just you know like you said blatantly hurting the resources mm-hmm. yeah. like it's too easy to do the right thing like you know you know you killed your second gobble you better stop yeah, like right. it's pretty easy yeah it's not
1: <laughs> it's not rocket science you know how many right. tags you know how many tags you have in your pocket, so I mean, yeah. don't shoot more than that. Right. But you now it's one of those things too, where uh, I guess for me personally, like I've called the, I call the DNR quite frequently. It's just even when I'm just perusing the regulations and stuff, because I think it's good to be knowledgeable, you know. And it's, I get talking with my buddies and stuff, and we're like, "Man, is this legal?" Like, I don't know. And then we start looking at the regulations, we're like, "Well, it's kind of a gray area." And then we call the DNR, and he I, he seems. At least for me, he seems like he always picks up and is always at least at least on the, over the phone. He entertains my dumbass questions, so that's <laughs> so that's really nice because it's one of those things where you know, like, where if you're. Everyone knows, like, oh, hey, no one's sitting around their house, and like, man, is it legal for me to cook meth in my house? Like, I don't know. I better, I better <laughs> call the cops, make sure that it's legal for me to cook meth in the house before I do it, you know. But hunters, <laughs> hunters are like, hey, is this thing legal that I'm I'm pondering in my head? I'm like, well, actually, no, not technically, but in, maybe in certain situations, it would be, it would be an option but not you know not technically legal no you know so it's one of those things you get you can call ahead and get clarification and DNR, you know, I, I would much
2: rather have that phone call yeah. yes absolutely
1: yeah i mean i'm sure you get them all the time too because I'm, I'm sure your phone is always on being the only oh yeah no i get there, some there. good ones <laughs> yeah it's
2: like uh, you know it'll be common sense stuff too but yeah you know, at the end it's like I'm glad he called and he didn't do that, you know, or I'm glad she called and clarified it before she, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. uh, but it's like, really, you know, like, (laughs) you you literally just answered your own questions. It's just, but thanks for calling. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) It's one of those things where I, I don't
1: know. I keep saying that now. I say that a lot, but, uh, especially with new hunters, um, I, that's one worry I have with people getting into hunting that doesn't have they don't have a mentor and stuff. And if they're like, yeah, I'm just going to go get get a tag, do my hunter's ed and whatnot and get a tag and see what it's about. And maybe they don't do all the yeah. paperwork, but it'd be really heartbreaking for someone that's getting into hunting and really is really enjoying it. And if they have a dickhead for a DNR or Game of Fish officer and they just get slapped yeah, with like a bunch of fines. And then, yeah. And they're like, dude, yeah, I didn't yeah. know any of this stuff. I'm sorry. Like, my bad. Like, I didn't know they are like, well, here's your, you're out here waterfowl hunting, you forgot your plug, and here's a ticket for that, and here's a, I don't know, a ticket for this, and it, it's little, like, little stuff adds up, and they're like, man, fuck this hunting stuff, I don't want to do it anymore.
2: Right, but it's and that cause... is, that's one thing that's been kind of, it's not been, you know, preached to us, but it's definitely been brought up before, it's like, you know, you have, you know, discretion, like, we're not there to tell you, you know, you know, as far as our, you know, higher-ups, we're, you know, we're not there to tell you that you got to stroke everybody you know a pay ticket like use your better judgment and you know if there's an you know an actual accident you know it's like you don't have to write them a ticket you know yeah. it's just we want people there's a lot of times uh, especially you know when I'm working the lakes and rivers um they don't have a fishing license um if you can buy it in front of me, you know, it's $10, you know, if you're a resident in Arkansas, it's $10 and 50 cents. If you can buy that license on, you know, our AGFC app or online or call in, like I will not write you that unless you've got a history of like not buying your license and getting in trouble for you, you know, because we can track that. But like, I will not write you a ticket, you know, unless you've set the tone where I need to write that ticket. But like, if you can buy it in front of me and everything's good, hey, buy that license I'd rather you buy a license than get a you know however much you know however much of the amount of a ticket and like not ever want to go fishing again you yeah. know like I just nah, I'm not all for that yep and you guys don't have quotas
1: or anything so it's like all- no yeah' quota season We're, we we got we gotta write at least you know fifty tickets this month in order to hit our quota and justify yeah, our no, job yeah, that's,
2: so that's one yeah, that's one good thing, and fish, I know in Arkansas yeah, we do not have a quota, yeah, so that's good,
1: yeah, yeah I, I've and, been asked
2: that a lot,
1: yeah, yeah, and I know like with our local d n r uh when I was young we got checked by the DNR, like my group, we were deer hunting. And one of the guys, he, he didn't have, so in Iowa, yep. you have to have your um, hunter's license and habitat stamp and th- all that good stuff. Right. And yeah. he didn't have his habitat stamp. And he's like, damn it. I'm sorry. I usually get it. I don't know what happened at when I was getting it at the hardware store or whatnot and ended up not getting it. That's the same thing with him. He's like, well, if you go buy it today, I won't write you, but I'm going to keep an eye on you. If you don't get it today, then I'm going to come write you a ticket. And he's like, okay, I will. I'll go get it. And he went and got his habitat stamp. So it's one of those things, too, where the DNR there, he could have wrote him a ticket. But he's like, I I can see your history. You've always had a habitat stamp every single year you've been hunting. And then this year, something happened. Like, I can see that. So that makes sense. Just go get it, and we'll be fine.
2: Right. Yep. Yep. Like I said, you you want to keep people in the outdoors. And, you know, writing them a hard copy for just to write them a hard copies
1: mm-hmm.
2: yeah. Well, we not, have the discretion
1: yeah and if there's no more hunters then you don't have a job either so
2: <laughs> yeah you know? that's exactly that's exactly <laughs> right if, yeah. you kick,
1: if you kick them all yeah. out by writing so many tickets then you're fucked too so
2: yeah. No, you're exactly right. Yeah. I hadn't even thought about it that
1: long. I'm not right. even
2: more warnings now. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. Hey, it's called job security. I'm not going to, I'm not going to cite you today because I want you to stay out here. So
2: right. But,
1: save you for next year. Yep. But Hey man, we're, uh, get on almost two and a half hours here. Uh, I really enjoyed this conversation. I'd love to have you on again sometime in the, in the future and whatnot and yeah. talk some more, man. It's been it's been, oh, a, yeah, no, it's been good. It's been a blast. Um, if you want to put anything out there, like, I don't know if you're on Instagram or whatever else, or I don't know, have any tips, hot tips and takes for from being a DNR guy or game fish guy, then put it out there. <laughs>
2: no, just <laughs> study your state reg book. <laughs> yep, <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, yeah. that's, that's the best one. Yeah. And if uh, I will say, if you're if your state has an app, for your DNR or for your game commission or whatever, I would, oh, that has made such, that, that's made our job a lot easier. Um, yep. if download that app if, if they've got one. If your state has one, download it and use it because it, it makes things a lot easier on us out in the field. Yeah, it does. I so,
1: Yeah, I don't even carry around a license anymore because I have that app, uh, the, no, Iowa, yeah. the Iowa app iowa dnr app and when i get checked i just pull up on my phone and here's all my stuff dude and even it has my tags on there i don't even have to show them my well actually i do have to show my physical tag still when it's deer hunting and turkey hunting but everything else is on there and he just looks at that cool sounds good and then i show my tags make sure i still have a legal tag to be out there doing what i'm doing and we're off the races and it has all the regs in there on that app too it's awesome those apps that the states have come out with are pretty handy
2: Call it so and you can auto renew most of your lessons i mean it's yep. just it's made things a lot easier it, it it does so like i said if you got one download it and yep. use it
1: <laughs> yeah absolutely well hey dustin i really appreciate you coming on man you bet yeah no yeah. thanks for having me yep all right guys appreciate you listening catch you in the next one